when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. What's good, Internet? Welcome to Waypoint Radio, episode 268. It is October 4th, Friday, 2019. I don't have a safety net. I don't have my notes for this one. So I'm just going off the dome a little bit here. I'm Austin Walker. Joining me here in studio, Danielle Riendo is with us. I'm here. I'm flying by the seat of my pants. You are Ricardo Contreras, back from the moon. Yeah. How's it going? Spaceships. It's spooky. It's, it's spooky. haunted. It's haunted. Ghosts. Literal ghosts. Wait, but also like robot ghosts. Figurative ghosts. Figurative ghosts. All sorts you of know, ghosts. Emotional traumas. ghosts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> trauma from the past. The ghost yeah. of Fukuyama. The ghost. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also here, backlit like you're like the the director from Control, Patrick Klepek. I can't even. Up oh, there he is. Hi, Patrick. I'm a traffic cop now. Uh-oh. What? Oh, boy. What's that mean? You know, just out here monitoring data caps, oh, trying to see rogue Jesus apps, Christ. see what you're up to. Oh, boy. <laughs> rogue uh, apps. Cloud app. Cloud app? What are you doing uploading 600 megabytes over overnight? What are you even doing? I didn't upload Who's no cloud screenshots. App? Cloud app who? I don't even know. Cloud app is, a, is it's an <laughs> app so you can screenshot things and quickly Wait. share them. Can I just... Let's, like when I share a screenshot in Discord. I just got this email. Uh, Danielle's handed me her phone. Rob's acne also here. Sorry, Rob. I, have, I can't read it because it disappeared. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Awesome. Crucial Rob's fact. No, everyone got to do their bit. It was I'm going to do mine. This is a new day. I get to finish what I'm fucking saying. Danielle, I'll get back to your bit in a second. Rob, no, you give don't. me your... Uh, Rob's acne. Wait, what's that? Also with us, Rob Zachman. <laughs> Speaking of parachutes and flying with nets, you know that discussion we were having a moment ago that was very topical. The, they're not going to hear that for another Austin, few, crucially, few you need to know that I do not have a net in the form of a parachute. In Ghost Recon Wildlands. Oh. Right. Yeah, which we'll get to when we this, talk about that game. See? This second, I just got Nailed an email it. for Uber Chopper. She's just going to go into God. the bit. Uber Chopper. Oh, be one of the first to fly with Uber Copter. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> Your new way to get between Manhattan and JFK, introducing Uber no. Copter, Copter Save Time. No. Why are, you, why are you on this list? I don't know. It just happened Danielle, as we were talking a, about planes. A billionaire? <laughs> Clear, you would have a you would have clearly, a if you were a billionaire. Yes. Are you a millionaire? Clearly. Jesus Secret Christ. Secret million. This whole time I've been working here and also working two other jobs. To save up money for your been. helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was just saving up Pepsi cans for my uh, Pepsi helicopter. Gotcha. Sorry, only 90s kids. We'll know that one. Yeah. Uh wait, right. was that a bucket thing? It was like bucket, but for <laughs> drinking soda. Really? Yeah, the Pepsi it, points. It, it so was, companies do I that. I got sunglasses. It, it was real in like 1995 or 1996, and they showed a commercial where it was like 40 million Pepsi points. Yeah. You get a chopper. It wasn't a chopper. 
Sorry, a plane of some kind. It was a Harrier. Because the reason you're remembering it, the reason you're remembering it as a helicopter is yeah. because it did do v- it did, it did a weird it did land. a vertical VTOL landing. That um, yeah, but it did like at the guy's school or whatever. He's so, like, I drank all this Pepsi and now I got this stuff. The, there was a real life lawsuit. Uh, really? A real life lawsuit that somebody made all those points. Like got his whole town involved in giving like every point, every Pepsi point. Yeah. And he successfully, I don't know if he won anything, but he brought a lawsuit to Pepsi saying this was false advertising for showing this aircraft that you would get for 40 million Pepsi points or whatever. Real thing. Uh, Pepsi spot caught the the eye of John Leonard, a 21-year-old business student at the time, Mm. who was only interested in one prize. People say, well, didn't you want a t-shirt? And I say, well, when there's a Harrier out there for 7 million Pepsi points, (laughs) why not aim your sights a little higher? Uh, he, he noticed some fine print. Uh, ah, in place of labels, consumers could buy Pepsi points for ten cents each. He did the math and quickly figured out that it would take him seven hundred thousand dollars to buy the Pepsi points he needed for the Harrier jet. Then Leonard hit the phones and convinced five well-off investors to give him the seven hundred thousand dollars. Wow! He sent 50, Pepsi fifteen labels and a check and waited <laughs> for his jet. <laughs> Jesus! You know what's cool as hell? Hmm. Michael Dorn was like an avid aviation uh, nerd. Like he was a pilot and he bought himself, I think an F 86 saber, which was like just a ridiculous, like all speed, all power and engine Korean war era uh, jet fighter. And that seems like the coolest thing in the world to own. I, I, he is maybe the coolest guy. I'd take that over Harrier. I'm going to finish reading this bit because it's very funny. <laughs> the jet never came. Pepsi's response. <laughs> the ad was just a joke. Quote, tens of millions of Americans and people around the world saw the spot, got the joke, and laughed, said John Harris of Pepsi-Cola. Mr. Oh. Leonard saw the spot, hired business advisors and lawyers, and decided to take legal action. Pepsi went to court first, asking Leonard's claim be declared frivolous. That prompted Leonard to file his own lawsuit demanding a jet. Quote, people point out that this Pepsi generation they're trying to sell to me. Wait, people point out that this Pepsi generation they're trying to sell, they're trying to sell to is me, uh, said Leonard. Quote, someone who's taking advantage of the legal system doesn't really typify the Pepsi generation, countered Harris. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Only the 90s were incredible. The, 90s. the end of history. <laughs> That's it. That this was it. that was the last thing that happened See, in history. Uh, his lawsuit fizzled we out. We dunk on it, but you get where he was coming from. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a court granted summary judgment in favor of Pepsi and ruled that no objective person could reasonably have concluded that the commercial actually offered consumers a Harrier jet. <laughs> um, quote, the, uh, the callow youth featured in the commercial is a highly improbable pilot, one who could barely be trusted with... <laughs> now, Skip, you know I love this callow youth <laughs> featured in the commercial. He is a highly improbable pilot. He's, but he is one who could barely be trusted with the keys to his parents' car, much less the prize aircraft of the United States Marine Corps. I love the troops. <laughs> he he definitely does. Oh, he he's, definitely he loves Stephen A. There's no question. Absolutely, he's love out. The he's troops. out here with Jake Tapper and uh, just they love the troops. They love the troops. Does Stephen A. Hey, Smith? He's love, got this sticker. What's Stephen on A. His, Smith? The troops. Whatever he drives. Got does that mean Stephen A. Smith on cameo? I want oh to pay God. Stephen A. Smith to say things for me. Please, I would pay. 
an uncomfortable amount of money more than I'm willing to admit Seven million to get Pepsi that boys. man to say things. God, God, I need to know. I need to. Did you pay 150 bucks? I'd pay 150 bucks. Higher or lower? Higher. I you wow. know what? It's almost holiday season. I'd pay. I'd pay three hundred dollars. Damn. But I, th- I, I, I think three hundred is about where I'd cap the out. The thing is, at that point, I would want to have a conclave. So that we could decide exactly what to make Stephen A. Smith say word for word, perfect. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, we would need well, to crack. We could all go in on it. Yeah, you'd figure out what but the Stephen A. is going to put his Stephen own spin on it. <laughs> yeah, no, no, we would give him like a loose tra- like a like a memorandum, not a <laughs> not a script, not an actual script, not a. Well, not you a, can't not a make script. Stephen A. say like legalize weed and all fit. Like you're not going to get no. that message, right? You're not going like you can't make him do that. Uh, so what you have to do is think of like I want to give someone not just greetings, but also like a life lesson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Stephen A. Here's just the general direction. And then you just what you get is what you get. You, just you may not like it in a direction. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. A general, a general, like, hey, I got someone who's down, down on their luck. Can you give someone a message of hope and and perseverance? Like, and then I'll let you. Oh, that would you be run good. You know what I mean? Oh my god, wouldn't that be great? Be You're best. having a terrible day, and then your phone buzzes, <laughs> and what you have is a message from Stephen A. Oh, Stephen A. Get on cameo. Stephen A. Give me a ring. We can set this up. We'll build our own platform. You don't need to be on cameo with those other people. I would love it if he could. He listens to this podcast. I, you know, I think a lot. I would have to rethink a lot about my life if I learned (laughs) that Stephen A. was a regular waypointer. That would be. We would. There are some different decisions I might make in my life if I knew Stephen A. was. No, it's fine. Uh, (laughs) Jesus Christ! All right, let's talk about video games, Kato. We have been poking and prodding you. Yeah. Sometimes to a degree that is uncomfortable (laughs) on this podcast. It's fine. It is time. Shadow Keep. Yeah. It is here. It's here. It's uh, happening. You, the moon's here. The moon is here. The I moon wa- came so back I, from wherever it was. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm going to shut the fuck up. Sure. Because I have whatever I can talk about, I can talk about in, in 10 minutes after you tell me about Shadow Keep, the Destiny 2 expansion, the first, uh, uh, the first thing that Bungie is doing on their own away from Activision. Yeah. Tiny Indie Studio. Um, uh, How is it? How are you feeling? Have you beaten the main campaign yet? I have. All right, Um, congrats. Yeah, I am feeling away. I'm feeling, (laughs) yeah, here's the thing. It starts strong. It starts really strong. And then it doesn't end. Ooh. uh, Because what they're doing, right, is this, like, living world, continuous story. Like, there's things, I feel like I have to, like, and I'm I'm writing this review already, but like I have to like take what is can be seen as structurally mission like story missions yeah. on their own, but it is like it ends on a cliffhanger, and then immediately afterwards there's quests that continue that storyline. Wait, but, so that it is? Are there credits? Like, how do you know it ended? You say it <clears throat> ends, and then there are new missions. Well, there's no new missions. There's oh. quests, okay. which are different Those in are that different. like you don't load into a different. Like, you don't, like, load into a mission and go on it, right? Like, it's all in the open world, technically. Mm-hmm. You're doing different uh, objectives and stuff, and you get story beats from just, like, the text, like text on them. Stuff, and right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And talking to the to the NPC. Okay. But, Which is different than, like, cutscenes right. or, or, like, set big set pieces, vehicle segments, etc. Right. Which I believe, unless I'm mistaken, I've reached the last one as far as I know. This is where most people have... I've, 
double checked, kind of peeked around and seen like, yeah, this is the last story mission. It's entirely possible that there's more because this is something that happened in Forsaken as well. It's like when you finished the original campaign, you did a couple of quests that ended up opening up a new uh, a new location. And then there were a couple story missions gated behind that. Um, but I don't see that happening this time around. We're pretty sure that the moon is it. This is the only location we're getting. They set up front that this is smaller than Forsaken. Um, it's still big and there's lots to do on the moon and stuff, but it's, it's kind of hard to, it's hard to think about how much I want to give, um, how much I'm hoping for and what I can see happening in the next couple of weeks, especially because yeah. the the raid drops on Saturday. They which is quick for an expansion. Normally, those raids take a little longer, don't they? Or unless um, it is the expansion is a raid layer or whatever. No, like they've they've. It's usually within the first week. Okay. Yeah. Um, That's what I get for not paying attention for the last year and a <laughs> half. Yeah. <laughs> but what they. Uh, what they did in Forsaken, at least, was there was a big kind of like world state change where like if you were if you were there, if you were playing the game, like when the raid happened, the raid like directly led into some other uh, stuff happening that changed the the location that you're in. Um, so they're, they've talked a lot about doing this sort of, uh, well, you had to be there to kind of get it, right? You had to be there to understand why the world is the way it is in its current state. Things like that, like right. it, it changes. It's gonna keep changing, and I'm just curious about because there's things in the opening mission that we. I, I would just say back. without, yeah, without, without. I don't want to get into spoilers for this. Yeah, I watched the opening. I was unable to play this game yeah. because of a combination of the servers being bad, uh-huh. my my own internet being bad, and then the time I had to spend with that game, right. not being able to find how to play that game. And we will get into what the returning <laughs> user experience is in a moment. But I watched the giant the giant bomb quick or most of it, and it opens with the first mission of that of the expansion. Yeah, and if you are someone who like played through the Destiny Two like main campaign, mm-hmm. this this start the start of this campaign is like yo we tease some shit we are going to deliver on that shit yeah. or we are at least going to tease more right. of that shit right and well that's a hmm. you can you're in your review you should say whether I, or not you feel fulfilled by the the yeah, yeah, no, the text I, it, I, abs- right. absolutely absolutely and like and like it's 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 rough cuz it's going to i'm pretty sure lead straight, straight into the raid right so you're hoping the raid will be tied to yeah. the te- this is so hard to talk about. Like, I don't want to. Uh. There's a redacted in here, which if you saw the end credits of Destiny base game, you know what redacted is. Yeah, but at that point, we should just say what the thing is. I'm losing my mind. Here. <laughs> yeah, you had, just say what you like, want to right, say well, about quick, Destiny a, 2. I'm going to spoiler warning for the next like five minutes. Yeah. With the first mission yeah. of the new Destiny 2 expansion. Yeah. So like this is not they've, late game they've reveal. Kept this, but they've kept this under wraps, yeah. right? Yeah. This this is immediately I saw this was like, oh, is this the Shadow Keep? Right. Right. Yes, I'm uh, pretty sure that's what's going on. So you remember from Destiny, there's the light and there is the darkness. You might remember that they didn't know what the darkness was, or they said in the past, they're like, "Oh, yeah, we're gonna figure we're out, gonna the figure out what later. the darkness is." I suspect they have figured out what the darkness is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, at, at, the darkness pursues the traveler. Right. Correct. Uh, and we saw it briefly at the end of Destiny Two. There were the weird black pyramids on the outskirts of the solar system. 
the end of the yeah. first mission in, De- in Destiny 2 Shadowkeep shows that there is like one of those pyramids crash landed in the depths of or, the moon. It was there oh, already. It was there already? Okay. That, okay. This, is, this is an old one that has been under gotcha. the surface of the moon this whole time. Okay. That Eris, while like wandering around the depths of the moon. Being like you like, do when you goth. You know, yeah, exactly. So there's darkness down here. I got to get in it. I got to get in that darkness. <laughs> Why am um, I crying in the club? <laughs> yeah. The darkness. The darkness. <laughs> the darkness. Wow. Um, so, um, yeah. So, like, that to me is, like, they've been talking about, they showed one of those pyramids yeah. before this game launched in, right. like, a GDC talk as, like, oh, here is the fifth main faction or whatever. Here's right. one of the factions that you'll be fighting. You've never fought the darkness. The darkness has been the big mystery of Destiny right. uh, since Destiny existed. Like, we, all we know is that we the travelers somehow fended them off the first time around, but they are the things that caused the quote unquote collapse right. of human society and that's why there's only one city. And right that, now. and and we know also that maybe we don't know we know that we don't know that it is as simple we know that, that it's not as simple as like right. light and darkness. There are people in the setting who don't trust the traveler. Yeah. There are people in the setting who say, Well, maybe the darkness isn't as bad as you think, etc. Yeah. Everyone you fought is somebody who's been fucked over by the Traveler at some point. Yes. Basically. <laughs> right. Um, so the way that that story ends up playing out is um, it's interesting, and I feel like it's teasing stuff that's going to happen. But like the, the real question ends up for me being is, like, is this, like, we won't see anything else from this for the next year? Right. Kind of the way that, like, after Forsaken, the storylines after that were, like, their own kind of side stories, individual, like, stuff that, like, you know, were interesting in, in the lore of the world itself, but weren't, like, following this kind of through line. Yeah. Um, I think that's not what's going to happen. They've been pushing a lot of, like, and, and they've said this in a couple of, like, uh, their doc, the Vidocs that they've put out where it's, like, this is now, like, one continuous world the events that happen in this season will directly lead to the Whatever's next season. Next. Okay. Um and it's just like at this point following along and seeing how that plays out. Um can I ask just about this expansion one thing yeah. which is like I think about Forsaken. I only dip my toes into Forsaken yeah. with like a throwaway character. I'm excited to actually get to it with my real character eventually. Is um, one of the things that, that people liked about Forsaken and from even what I saw with my limited time with it was that there was some experimentation with what quests and missions both looked like yeah. in terms of like, wow, I'm in this cool like new zone. I'm like bounty hunting in a sense. I'm like looking for certain named enemies that have like – they're like mini boss encounters in the in the kind of uh, patrol zones. Yeah. Um, there was some cool stuff with um, constantly – I mean you, you told me the most about this is like – and we're probably not even there yet with Shadowkeep. But there were lots of secrets in the in the – Destiny one like cool yeah. moment style of like oh wow someone found a door right what the fuck did we do with this door um, did you feel like you've hit that stuff yet with Shadowkeep or are you hoping there will be more of it to come I definitely yeah it has it, I've seen I've seen the hints of it mm-hmm. right um, there have been definitely at least um, uh, directly post quote unquote post campaign there were uh, a few more of those like in world like bosses and like really um really like great environments that like you think from the surface like one maps maps are bad in destiny they're terrible uh, and they're only ever of surf the surface of whatever planet you're on 
um, which is normally fine. Like there aren't, there isn't too much verticality in most locations, except for fucking the moon is like almost all underground. Like a lot of the stuff you're doing is actually in like a bunch of hive caves that are under the surface of the moon, um, and it is much larger under there than you expect okay and there's like a lot of new areas even if you had played destiny one there's a lot of new areas a lot of new um uh so like they've kind of expanded this concept that they, they introduced in base game destiny 2 of lost sectors mm -hmm. like just like areas that you'll find you'll kind of come upon stumble upon and there'll be like you know a chest at the end yeah um there's these, more of that stuff the or? lost sectors on the moon are like much larger okay they're like you know, they 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 they're almost to the scale of like being a like little mini mission on cool. on their own, which is really neat. Um, and the the bosses at the end have had like mechanics instead of just being a a, bit, a thing with lots of health. Cool, which is really neat. Yeah, it's really interesting. And um, there's it feels like there's more to come because well, there is actually there's a a thing that they introduced in Forsaken was dungeons. Um, of which there's only one now. It's in Forsaken, and you could only you used to only be able to go into the dungeon once every three weeks. That was part of this. Yeah. Okay. The, 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 that okay. was part of the like the curse cycle was uh, on high okay. curse weeks, uh, a portal would open up to, to Marasov's uh, throne world. She has a throne world. Spoilers, I guess. Um, it was really cool. It's like okay. three-player activity that got the closest to feeling raid-like. Oh, so it's like a micro. It's like more than a yeah, strike, yeah. less than a raid. Absolutely. Got yeah. you. Cool. It's really it, it was one of the coolest things that happened because it was also like they didn't tease that at all. It was it was absolutely right. just like. It was, not a, it was not a feature. It was like, not on the back of the box no. or in the launch trailer. Oh, by the way, mini raids. Yeah. And third week in, a, a portal opened and people were like, what the fuck? Who? Right. And the and, hope is now that they are independent, they can lean into that stuff right. even more. They've This time they've straight up said that there is a dungeon. We still okay. haven't unlocked it yet. Okay. Which is also part of like, what's interesting is like how they're going to string this all together. Like how much... Um, how much of it, some of it's probably just time-gated. Some of it will be kind of locked behind player, like, you know, once a certain amount of players do a certain thing, it'll unlock, things like that, which they tried in the past that have, one of them kind of failed. We have actually a piece up by, uh, I forgot his name, about the uh, unlock for one of the um, forges that is a Nami forge, Niobe Labs. Oh, from a while ago. Yeah, from a while back. Okay, I was like, I don't remember this piece going up. It was, uh, it was a while back, it was a while back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, like, they, like, gated some content behind the, the community figuring out a puzzle. And, and they didn't figure out the puzzle, No, right? they had to, like, end up teasing it. It was Bruno. Bruno Diaz. Bruno Diaz. Piece. Oh, right. yeah. Um, and I'm interested in, because they're, they, they, I think they're going to lean back into some of that, but hopefully they've learned some lessons from that about, you know, how hard they make it or how much they, um, you know. Can expect from the community, yeah. like, brute force versus figure stuff out. Right. Gotcha. Um, but all that stuff is really fun, even though, like, Rarely, I um, am generally in like the, the circles that like figure out those puzzles. Even just reading about the puzzles and the fact that they're in the game, it, it kind of like gives a sense of mystery and excitement <clears throat> that like of like who knows what else is out there. Yeah, totally. Like that, you know. You're not going to be the one who who cracks it or whatever, but right. like the idea of like ah somewhere else in this in this space, yeah. Some there's like some some you know uh, cryptographers going to work on yeah. this wall already. Is already sick. like that with stuff this is, one that adds such a such a layer of like a different type of immersion. We talk about right. a certain type of immersion. We talk about like 
um, like, oh, wow, look at how in- embodied my character feels. Like, I, when I do these healing animations, my arm, you know, I'm reaching out and I'm doing this extent, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, look at, like, listen to the sound design. All that stuff is important. But there was also this other type of immersion, which is, uh, for me, like, th- the immersion that carries that, that is about the world and about how it, you bring it with you when you go other places outside of – when you right. put the controller down, totally. right? Sometimes you immerse yourself in a game such that you can feel the – that it is continuing to play even though you aren't actually touching a controller. Yeah. And doing that I think is – and again, like I'm put immersion in, in scare quotes. It's a useful term in this scenario. Sure. Um, <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, like it's one of those things where it's like, ah, shit, like I'm here killing Vex – but somewhere else, someone is trying to open a weird mystery wall. Yeah. And they're going to keep doing that. I'm going to go eat And then dinner. they'll open the wall, right. hear and about it, and yes. I'll go to go, go get ghosts. I can go through the portal, go the, the ghost portal, portal yeah. and and whatever. <laughs> right. Sorry, ghosts are already a thing. Dungeon I should have used a du- yeah. Well, I'm looking for something with a new word that we hadn't used yet today <laughs> to indicate that there's some new weird mystery shit, you know? Uh, anyway, uh, I'm glad that you're having a good time. Like, yeah. I, I know what the buildup for these things can feel like. So, yeah. Um, it's. Um, I'm I'm really excited for this raid because it also I think do we know what it is we don't know for sure we know the name what's the name it's called the Garden of Salvation good name it's gonna be in the Black Garden that's oh, all we know sick. Okay. so it'll probably be Vex based also though that, play, that space is gorgeous if it's anything like the Black Garden yeah, from yeah. the end of Destiny One yo there's some shit mm. we'll talk off <laughs> that's mic. The, yeah, you yeah. and I can talk <laughs> off mic about Destiny lore shit we'll set up a we'll we'll you know you me and Rob can nerd the fuck out on that shit. <laughs> Um, I, I have to say, as a player, and I don't know, Patrick, did you try to get back into this also at all, or did you just hear me uh, complain no, about it? No, that's I, as the the fear of data caps put me off, and then I said Damn. fuck it and just embraced my new expensive future. Well, anyway, I, I have not touched it since Rise of Iron. Okay, in which Woo. when I played Rise of Iron, Goddamn. um, I wrote a piece about how. And I think I Rise of Iron was the first time I'd played it since Taken King. Like I was one of those people so that's like a lot of people like, who, who was jumping. Uh, I played like the the main expansion or the like main the main story, story. and okay. then just sort of okay. like fell off uh, immediately yeah. after that. Um, but when I wrote about Rise of Iron, um, I remember writing how, uh, and this will like tee you up for you discussing <laughs> your, your return, was that um, it was really a terrible onboarding experience for anybody who hadn't been paying attention to like how have the currencies changed? Like mm-hmm. w- what? Like it just, there was no like, Hey, we've noticed you haven't been here in like 365 <laughs> days. <laughs> Shit has changed. Uh-huh. Like let's walk you through what's changed. None of that. It was just like, it, w- it made it so that I, I ended up just sort of like looking online, kind of getting a feel for it playing the really weak campaign. I think Rise of Iron wasn't even, it was like a co-production with Bungie, right? Like it was made by an outside studio, which is not to say they didn't do a good job. It's just sort of like, maybe not necessarily like Bungie's A-team working. It was clear that Rise of Iron was that game, you know, tailing off as the the other stuff was uh, working its way through. And I got kind of frustrated that like, I didn't know what was going on. Uh, I ended up hearing that like that piece got kind of got shared around a bungee of like we need to get better at like onboarding people who have been away for a long time. And so even though I'm not that interested in playing uh, Shadowkeep, uh, I am always curious like how games like this are onboarding people who have been away for a while. And so <laughs> I guess I'm going to hand it to you. Yeah. I have heard. I have heard. <laughs> uh, 
that it doesn't do a very good job the, of that. The thing is, it feels like this is a this is this release. So again, Shadowkeeper is the first time Bungie's releasing it on their own. It's also the first time it's been on Steam. They left Battle.net or the Blizzard launcher or whatever and yeah. went to Steam. Uh, and it's the first time that there is cross save. You can choose a set of characters that you have and say these are my main characters. So I was able to do what I couldn't do for Forsaken, which was play as my PS4 characters on PC, which is where I wanted to be because I didn't really want to replay all of the campaign. But also I have a, 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 a block that tells me I want to play everything still, even the <laughs> yeah. stuff that I know is not necessarily good, even like whatever that for uh, the rise of or no, the uh, Osiris, Curse of Osiris. Curse of Osiris. Yeah. Um, so this campaign feels, because of all that, like it's aimed at two different people. It's aimed at you, Kato, yeah. the person who has never played Destiny, or has been playing Destiny nonstop, yeah. never stopped playing Destiny. Never not played. Never <laughs> not played Destiny. <laughs> totally caught up, ready to go. You know, your power score, your gear score, your lights, whatever power, I think, is all yeah. the way where it needs to be. I still say light sometimes. Light, well, but the, I think they're setting up in the future. It could oh, be light or darkness. Right. Power is more general. Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> or the person who's like, oh, Destiny, that, okay, it seems cool. Oh, it's free to play. All the, all the base uh, Destiny 2 campaign, free to play, plus like the first few expansions or something, right? Uh, basically everything from the first year. So okay. it's the uh, base game and the first two. Curse of Osiris and, and Warmind. Warmind. Um, for me, I played Destiny 2. Yeah. I did not play Curse of Osiris or Warmind because I heard the first one was bad and the second one was okay at best. Mm-hmm. Um, and I told myself I would get to them before Forsaken. I didn't. <laughs> I turned this game on. Like, first of all, the servers are rough right now, or yeah. had been. Second of all, my internet has been rough. Oh. So this was already just like a bad fit. Um, because, <laughs> especially because the stuff I wanted to do, no, I don't care if I'm online for it. This is right. the most like, I right. wish there was an offline version of Destiny 2 that I could play yeah. in the world. No one's doing Curse of Osiris shit. Nah. Let me just boot up the fucking <laughs> game. And I know this isn't how game architecture works. I understand there's probably netcode involved. Like, I get it. There's stuff that's, that's, that's not client side. I know. But it was one of those moments of like, fuck, I just want to hit the button and start playing the game. I open the game. All right. First of all, all my characters are level 750. They've all been boosted up. Yeah. I sort of wish that they let me do that just so I could see my characters who I haven't seen in a long time right. and understand what level they were at previously. I like, I'm pretty sure my Titan was my main, but wouldn't my Hunter? I like Hunters a lot. Mm. But then I really had that love affair with the Warlock, or the not the Warlock <laughs> though. Yeah, Warlock, is that right? Is yeah, that the yeah. third one? Um, hmm, who was my main? No idea because they're all equally level. I'm pretty sure it was the Titan. Let me hit the Titan. Go into the Titan. I am now in the director, the big map. I can see all of the planets. I can see the Shadowkeep content, which is on the moon, which I can't go to. I can see places I have not been to before, like the lighthouse on Mercury. Um, uh, and all of the maps are open. And there's like some you know public quests available or public events happening. There are like a few like lingering missions I have on certain planets that don't seem important at all. Yeah. None of them are tied to any campaigns. I'm like, okay, well, I just want to get in and let me just do the first mission of Curse of, of Osiris. Uh where is it? Okay, uh, let me just look. Okay, let me check the. Is it on Mars? All right, no, it's the Vex, and the, the Vex are on Mars. Could it be on Mars? Okay, there's nothing here. Okay, um, okay, maybe it's on. Where else are they? Are they on Venus? Maybe. Let me check. Is there Venus in this game? I can't. What? Okay, Nessus. Oh, they're on Nessus in this game. Go into Nessus. No, okay, no, no quests, no missions here. What do I do? Let me go check my mail. I'll go to the tower. I'll go to the tower. I'll go to the tower. Go to the tower. Check the mailbox. I get some engrams. Like, I guess, thanks. Cool. Can I have my silver back because you took my fucking silver? No? Okay. Damn. Okay. Uh, Let me go talk to some people. All right. None of the main people tell me shit about the stuff that I bought. 
I bought those expansions. I know they're free now, but I bought yeah. those expansions. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to play them. How do I? How do I do it? Finally. Uh, also, just real quick, the yeah. menus suck. The menus, all Bad. of this going from the director to the inventory to the local map, it's all terrible still. There's too it's, many of there's them. There's too many of them. <laughs> there's too much going on for a returning player in this scenario, yeah. right? I bet if you start this game fresh and you go through the new light experience and it's just like boom, 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 great. Yeah. Uh, at, at one point, I find the triumphs page oh, right. in my in my menu. I'm sure. like, oh, triumphs. These are like objectives that I can complete. So if I get enough of them one day, they'll send me a t-shirt that's my understanding anyway um, in real life in, well i can buy a t-shirt that sounds ridiculous i know who would do that? i don't know so uh, someone who loves shout this game and who has a, a full heart and love for the traveler they would wear exactly. wait wait are you saying he has a full heart and love for the traveler that seems i'm uh, sorry maybe that was that presumptuous i don't know no. i don't yeah i can't say shit about the travel apologies I'm, apologies i'm ambivalent ambivalent to the traveler <laughs> Let it be known, Kato is ambivalent oh, to the also, also, Keeping your also, options open. Yeah, it's complicated. Real quick, shout outs to Nial for the t-shirt code. Thank you very Aww, much. Aw, congrats. <laughs> That's very I, sweet. I didn't miss out. Awesome. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you to Nial. Um, the... I go to the triumphs, and I see there's there's triumphs. List. You can choose a triumph. You can be like, oh, hey, here's a triumph for 13 headshots or whatever. That's right. not one of them. But if there were, you can click that, and be and it's tracked on a page somewhere. It says, oh, yeah, you're trying to get 13 headshots. <laughs> it doesn't show up on the UI in game, I don't think, like, while you're playing um, moment to moment. You can pull it up okay. when you pull up your ghost. Okay. Well, so I set the thing that was like, oh, complete the Curse of Osiris thing. No direction that I could find no. anywhere. I selected it. I said, the thing I want to do is go play what, the thing I bought. Even if you pull it up, it just says complete. Fuck yeah, off. Yeah, it says what it is. What it yeah, says it's like, oh, thing. complete. The, so yeah. then so then I'm like, well, maybe there's another different triumph for like the first mission. And I go into the triumphs page. I find it. I select it. I say, I want to do the first mission in Curse of Osiris. It goes, yeah, complete it. I'm yeah. like, yeah, dog, I'm trying to give me any direction. I go back to the map. I look at all the planets. Is anything highlighted? No. I come into Slack. Kato, finally. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm, you yeah. know, and I should have done this to begin with. I should have swallowed my pride. This is all, it's right. not on me. You know what? It's on Bungie. No, uh, yeah. But, uh, honestly, honestly. Yeah, I was they're, say, they're, no, no, no. They lean. Sw swallow your pride for a game to explain itself I'm to fucking, be the very basic I want, 101 of like, I'd like to play your story. I would let like me play Here's your the thing. Story. To be fair, to be fair. To who? It is. To Bungie. Who? Those are stories that are, they expect no one to be looking for. However, they should still make them easier this, to find than this. This is... Uh, who? People that haven't played the game in years would not want to play the story that they bought? No, I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that they're expecting the bulk of the people coming Rob back to right just now. be going straight to Shadow King. So, right? wait oh one second. Wait, I'm not saying they're right. I'm just saying this is their like mindset, right? No, that, and that's you're not telling the truth because you told me a different thing in chat. What did I say? Uh -oh, you don't remember? Lies. No, I don't. You said... Uh, let me find the exact phrasing. And they're probably going to play Shadowkeep, right? No, the thing that you said <laughs> was... Uh, this was yesterday, Ricardo. Oh, I can't well. take any uh, No, you can't trust... Yesterday, yesterday Ricardo ain't even... I can't trust his lies. Yesterday, uh, Ricardo. <laughs> what you said... Where the fuck is it? Because I say... Uh, uh, uh Kato disappears now, actually. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you say, my guess is... Uh, oh, here it is. It's almost like, it almost feels like they're embarrassed of their oh, old yeah, content. Yeah, 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 uh, totally. Which I would love to know if it's embarrassing or not, but I can't fucking find it to play it to tell you. Right. Finally, you tell me, I have to go check in with Amanda, and I'm like, 
You know what? what? You know. Your girl, Amanda. Amanda. And so Amanda. for real, Cotto, you said that, and I said he must mean a different Amanda. <laughs> Because the Amanda you mean is the one you go to buy sparrows and ships from. Not anymore. That's so what she Wait, says. What? She, she's she's been. Yeah, but how would I know that? <laughs> yeah, how would I know? No that? one would know. How would no anyone know? know that? Wait, no. Wait. Yeah, hold um, on. Yeah. Amanda the, Holiday. The vendor Am- yeah, for the, ships. The vendor for ships. Amanda Holiday. She's is, yes. She's in management now. She's yeah. in management. She, she gives leveled you. Up. No, you have to understand. There are triumphs. There are missions. There are dungeons. <laughs> There are quests. Now, a quest is not a mission. And a quest isn't a bounty And either. a quest isn't a bounty. Bounties it's, are but different. But it's closer to a bounty than a mission. Right. I've never, I've never had a more persuasive conversation mm-hmm. for me to just eat the data cap hit that I just took, delete, delete this fucking the, game, I mean, and like <laughs> never, never go down this road. No, because I, like, the flying with the dragon has the brew that is true. <laughs> so that's the thing. So you have to go talk to Amanda, and she's like, oh, yeah, I got these quests for you. And those quests are legacy content. Or legacy event, legacy campaigns, right? Because it's it's the Red Dawn, which is the main Destiny Two campaign. It is the uh, Curse of Osiris, Osiris and Warmind. Warmind. And then, is there another different person who has Forsaken? If I wanted to do Forsaken, yeah, who is it? I, I, I the Forsaken. Pretty one. sure it's the spider. What? On it's the, the spider. The spider. The guy from Bloodborne. No. Yeah, you got to talk to fucking Rom. <laughs> the guy who gets killed this... in Goodfellas. <laughs> There's a spider boss in Dark Souls 1. You know that girl? Isn't it? Wait, the lady, isn't there a the guy named Patches? Oh, yeah. Quaylog? Quaylog? Yeah, uh, Qua- yeah, Quaylog. I talked to Quaylog? Patches? <laughs> <laughs> Who is it? No, Shellob. Shellob, right, of course. <laughs> She's hot now okay. in video games. I, I'm, I'm actually not sure. Okay, well, I'll have to look that up. Yeah. Uh, all of this is just like... And I, listen, I just did like a five minute gamer rant about UI and shit. But yeah. It sucks, man. It's like a bad I, UI. I really well, wanted to get back into this and play this with you and like get caught up on this stuff. Like, I right. am so in the mood for a game that I can just be like, yep, uh huh, cool headshot, bro. Cool headshot. Like, yeah. let me shoot some robots. Let me, let me do some cool space magic. Uh, there, and especially so, because there is stuff for me in this game that I am happy about the way they're handling this in the sense that. Like, I skipped Forsaken, which means I have all of those. I really wanted to play a Titan in Forsaken. I liked the new shit that they added for in that. Yeah. And so part of it was like, just go do the Forsaken shit uh, and get that stuff and then go back and do Curse of Osiris. That sounds actually really fun. Mm. But I can't, or now I will know how to do that. But I spent hours, like, between bad internet, bad servers, and bad UI slash direction not being able to play this fucking game. And yeah. it was, like, a really frustrating first return to it you know it's bad it's bad and it's not even just bad there it gets it can be bad in the middle of the campaign uh because they're quest stuff so basically in the middle of the campaign it goes from like story mission nodes and then there's like a little break where you do a couple of quests in the middle to like, like tie two some things together go kill 13 go get 13 headshots basically it's a, uh, a little more complicated than that sure. but yeah um and the like main story like quest that's like supposed to lead you through the whole thing says uh um craft three armor pieces um there's a second quest that is the armor piece you're currently working on and uh i think this is probably just a glitch but for some reason uh between yesterday and or between launch day and then the day after i came back and like the quests are just organized from newest. You can like click that to be from newest or not, um, newest to, to oldest. When I clicked that, 
my for some reason all of my shadow keep stuff wasn't there uh and it was i found it eventually two pages back something glitched out where like the quests aren't even in the right order um but still it's like they haven't really learned i feel like the, the only way this works is if you have no quests i have because i have like 20 quests that I never finished for exotics from the other expansions just because there's too much fucking game. It's too many games. I can't even go through them yeah, all. I so, like, it. now it's just all mixed together in a weird. They need a better UI. They do. Essentially. That. <laughs> Rob, you were going to say something before. What's what's up? As someone else who does, like me, have a place in, in his heart for Destiny, how do you feel? How's all this make you feel? I feel like just the way Destiny and Destiny 2 have sort of come into existence and been updated, it kind of reminds me of them trying to, like, they're trying to build the Destiny equivalent of, like, the Second Avenue subway line. Oh, God. Of, (laughs) like, okay, so we have a lot of compromised infrastructure (laughs) that was put in at this time and had this shape for these reasons. A lot of past traumas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have new needs. We want to do new things with it, but we can't just all that stuff still exists. We can't just blow it all away. Mm-hmm. And we still are building new, like all our new development is going to be on this uh, substrate of old development. And that means there's going to be compromises built into it. And yeah. I think what you're describing just sounds destiny is to an extent, a narrative franchise as much it is, as it is kind of a live game that people go and they re- repeat content and uh, play it for the the loot and the shooting. I can't bring myself to combine no, those two things either. right now. You're good. Uh, okay. No. No, I people, never, I don't know what you're talking going, about. Rob. <laughs> but, yeah, it just, it, it just feels like they have this problem where Destiny has a fair bit of story at this point. There's a fair bit of old experiences uh, that are part of that saga, and Destiny's always sort of uh, invested in its own lore, certainly. And yet, at the same time, the way this game has taken shape is always about directing people to just strip mining the newest and latest mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. again and again and not finding a good way to re-up that old content. I think in part because it's not because they're embarrassed of their old con- their old content, though uh, Curse of Osiris, somebody should be embarrassed. <laughs> I think what it is, is they're keenly aware that by the time new content rolls out, they're so terrified of a fan base that is already exhausted of that old content that they're like, hmm. We got to make sure that stuff disappears. Battlefield has a similar thing where like new maps come out and all the old maps basically get uh, sunset in a lot of the matchmaking and you stop seeing old favorite maps because, oh, we're onto the new stuff because it is all tuned for people who are logging in on the logging into this on a daily basis. Right. Yeah. And have seen this stuff a million times and don't want to see it again. They just want to hit the new stuff. But I think what Destiny ends up in the cycle of is that. All the old stuff gets kind of tossed in the bin for like regular daily play type goals. Also, it becomes invisible to people who want to 
catch up on the story who, who for whatever reason are broken in the way that Austin and I are broken <laughs> and really want to know about like, huh, that's a weird name for a thing. Right. Wonder what that's about. Totally. I mean, part of me is just, I, Kato, you and I had this talk before this where you were like, yeah. Austin, you don't need to play these things. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, you need to understand there are albums that have songs on them that I do not like. I still listen to the whole album yeah. because the, I want to hear the whole album. I, I want – and part of that is part of that is like a critical perspective, which is when I talk about Destiny 2, when Destiny 2 is – if they if they make Destiny 3 and not just Destiny 2 3.0, sure. um, I will – which I think that they will. But I will want to have said to myself, ah, taken in its whole, what do I think of Destiny 2? Because that's just like the way my brain is wired. And I recognize that that is not in line with a lot of other people who are like, yeah, I want to play Shadowkeep with my friends. Uh, I heard Forsaken was good. Maybe I'll check that out at some point. But for now, just get me ready to fucking play with my friends. Right. I'm happy that that option is there. And and frankly, if I had to choose between serving the audience that has been with me like day in, day out and and uh, airing instead to choose to favor all the Austin Walkers of the world who are going <laughs> to pop in for three weeks when a new expansion drops, play through that campaign and bounce. I, I understand why I would air in favor of the Kados over the Austins, I, especially after getting your independence from Activision and blah, blah, blah. But I think they've aired too hard in that in that direction, right? They've yeah. leaned so far are there that enough it is Kados? air. Yeah, right. I think so, right? I, I mean, that's that's the big question. Well, this this is if you look at the subtext of like the tension between Activision and Bungie. This was like, yeah. in a lot of ways, the the crux of like what those two sides were arguing. Activision and you know their push for you know more microtransactions and things like that came from a place of like we should expand the audience. Like we want to bring more people in. And Bungie, as as like Destiny Two played itself out, became you know you could you could tell there was an increasing frustration of actually we need to be placating and catering towards these really hardcore players that are on the treadmill every day, and if they're upset, like none of the other stuff works. Like in Bungie's mind, it seems to be that like if the people at the the tip of the spear aren't happy, it doesn't matter what the other people think because. Theoretically, it should out, out, it should flow out from there, and like everyone benefits from the tip of the spear peel being happy. Well, Rob's point is maybe well, if you're spending, you know, our our, our large point here is like if they're spending so much time on those people, are you missing on everything else? And I think that's possible, but I think Bungie is, even if this may fly right past me, I do think they're making the right choice at this moment in time, in which like if they're gonna have a future for Destiny, one in which it's like Bungie stamp on it. Well, then, like, get your house in order with these people <laughs> and then worry about everything else later because there's still time. Because clearly there's enough there there that you, me, Rob, like, keep going. Well, this let's get back this in it. it. And we're, how many times <laughs> have we done this? this is, and they'll do yeah. it again. This is like if Tom Thibodeau ran a AAA franchise, though, where okay. it's just like just gonna wow, deep cut. just gonna ride these very, war horses. Very wow. small audience that even I barely <laughs> pull on to that reference. The go ahead. No, but 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 I do think like I think there's something to that. Like to an extent, the the tip of the spear is the sure thing. That committed audience is the sure thing. But on the other hand, when I hear Kato use the phrase, "You had to be there." as a kind of guiding ethos to what Bungie is doing with Destiny right now, that kind of is discouraging to hear because the thing is, I probably won't be. Not on the regular, right? right. It's totally. like, yeah. 
you don't want to hang out with your friends who always have nothing but inside jokes. Uh, because Except, eventually, unless, unless unless you are, because there's a distinction here, which is. They are adding new stuff, and what they've moved from is the model of dropping an expansion once every eight months to mm-hmm. dropping new stuff every week, every month. That creates new in jokes. That creates yeah. new references. I get. I I'm with you because I'm the so I'm the one who loses in this scenario because I'm not going to ever be as committed as Kyle is. I'm never going to be there for all those new in jokes. I'm going to be the friend Rob who is like once who's like who moved away from home but still <laughs> comes home to see their family and so when they're home every every month to see their family for the weekend they try to catch up with their old friends but hey a month has happened and there's a new joke and everyone else laughs and you laugh and they look at you and they go like why are you laughing you don't get this you were fucking here for <laughs> Hannah's birthday party and I was like I, I wasn't but I could tell it was it was to hell it was funny oh, everyone man. was laughing so I laughed with you like, I get it yeah. I I the, but <laughs> I also think about my favorite of all time gaming experiences. I think it was something like The Matrix Online, which is like uh, the ex- the essential. You, <laughs> the had, to you had to be there. You had yeah. to be there. Game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think about uh, things like tabletop role playing games, where like, hey, this is literally an experience for me and my five friends. That's it. The the in jokes we get from this, that is it. Like maybe we're friends with people who also played the same edition of D anD D or L five R or whatever, and we can talk about those things. Like, oh yeah, did you ever play third edition? Da 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 da. But the specific experience at the table, it's a limited group. Um, and I think about economic models. I think about something like, so I, there's cards on the table. I think about this in terms of stuff I make. So like Friends at the Table is about to start a new season. Uh, it's a sci-fi season. It's a mech season. It's in the oh. same setting as the sci-fi and mech stuff we've done before. But I have the same dilemma, which is I could I could make it for the people who have listened to the past seasons. I could make it even more smallly for the people who I know pay us on Patreon. Or I can try to make it the onboard, the on-ramp thing. Um, and there is part of me that says, you know what? If I made it just for the people who are fucking diehards, think about how good it could be. Think about all the callbacks I could do. Think about all the the like the references that only they would get. I could build off this like multi-year, you know, multiple campaign thing that where there's just like deep resonance for those people. But there is no way to get new people on board. Um, and for me, it's like obviously I have to find a happy medium between those two. I want it to be an on-ramp. Um, but I, I want to at the same time, even as I make that decision, defend the possibility that you can make something sustainable in the world for a small group of people that is just for them. It does not need to be the every the every person shooter, right? It does not need to – you can do it and it is okay if you – Say, you know what, we're going to take, instead of getting 100% of a potential audience, we're going to get 5% of that potential audience. But they're going to love us and support us so much that we're able to continue making something for them. Right. We are at Waypoint. That is what we decided to do in a real way, right? Like, we decided to make the the site and the content for the 5% – we do not get 5% of the gaming audience. We get the, <laughs> the one, 0.05% the, the, yeah, the of the game's audience. <laughs> knowing that we're making it, we you know, there's all sorts of things we could have done to be a more accessible game site to appeal to a broader audience. Um, uh, and instead, we were like, well, let's try to appeal to like the people who who are really into it the way we're really into it in this specific way. And so I, I want to defend their decision to do that, even though it fucked me over and is making <laughs> this a more difficult position for me. Also, the last thing I'll say on this, in their defense, what none of us have tried is the new light experience. Right. They have done lots of things to make, they've done the most important thing to make this game more accessible or not more accessible. Well, hmm. I'm going to say accessible, not only in in terms of disability, but in terms of income level. I think accessibility, we hmm. have to be careful about the word accessible because sometimes we, 
we allied the difference between accessible and approachable um, uh, and, and kind of erased disability as a question when we use accessible. But I do think economic accessibility is also a thing worth using the word accessibility for. This game is free to play now. A lot of it is. A lot of this stuff is free to play yeah. now. I haven't seen how good that onboarding is outside of, again, a bit of the giant bomb quick look. Um, where it looks okay. Like, hey, you get you do get uh, guidance from place to place here. You don't open up everything all at once. You have to go do certain things on each on each planet. I don't know how long that lasts for or what that process is, but that is that is substantial. For someone who is not in this weird position like us, Rob, where you and I have played a lot of this game, but not all of it, uh, this does seem like a good a good entry point, or it does seem like something right. has been not given to them to, to, to folks, but like, Hey, here's an opportunity. Obviously you still need an expensive game console or a PC. Yeah. You still need to like have time to go play these things, but that ain't nothing. And so I, I want to at least give them credit for that. I think it's a smart move and yeah, I don't know. Thank you for coming to my destiny. Ted talk. <laughs> my rant about content. I think I'm a, if I, if I get into it, I think I might just start, a new character. Like if I'm going to do it, like, cause I've forgotten everything yeah. and I don't, I don't care to be a part of the treadmill. Like right. I am just curious to like, ex, ex, like, like I'm okay separating that. Like it's going to move on from me. I won't be part of the raids or if I do raids, it'll be like months after with people carrying me through. But I have I had the thought that like, I haven't, right. that'd be uh, so fun. I would love to what? do that. Kata. Yes. What? What? The, the first, the first, the only raid I ever did what did you Kata say, said, Kata? said that he would love to carry us through a raid. <laughs> yeah. Aww. That would be yeah, so fun. Yeah, no, like the, the only the only raid I did a number of years ago, uh, I think during, I did one of the Taken King raids or Taken King's only raid, I don't remember. Um, but like yeah. a fan reached out and was like, yo, we run the raid like every other day. Like just <laughs> come, through. come join us. Yeah. And like they were like, there was the one fan and a bunch of other people who knew their buddy was a fan oh. of me and were like super cool. No, they were super that's cool. Good. They were like, no, it's like, hey, don't worry. Like, we'll tell you what to do, but we're not going to put you in a position to be the person that, like, has to do anything. I was like, cool. I, I'm, I'm most – like, if I could just be a spectator, that's all I really want to do. Um, the only thing was, like, it, like the – I kept fucking up. Like, there's a, a sequence of platforms yeah. uh-huh, that you uh-huh. had to get through. Oh, no. Could not do uh, it. And basically, you know, like, During the boss battle where the platforms are forming in midair and you have No, to this is before. before like, it's just a sequence. It's, it's before still- that. You just have to get across – this series of platforms and the, and the, and the raid does a smart thing of like, Hey, eventually we're just going to warp you forward, which is what it did. And it was fine. Um, but, uh, that was cool. Like, and I, 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 I made my peace with like, that's my relationship with destiny is going to, to be that. But if I'm going to do that. I also do feel like maybe at this point it would be worth just like start a fresh. Like I picked a warlock in destiny one, just cause like, I didn't really like mess around. Like I like the warlock fine, but I almost yeah. wonder if I should just like start a new character, like be a hunter, start fresh. Uh, I know people like that hunter. I look at that bow and the bow looks cool. Um, cool. So I don't know. <laughs> I, I thought if I'm going to do it, maybe I should just start scr- from scratch on destiny two and like see what that like new experience yeah. is for yeah. like a player and then go from, go from there. Um, yeah, I Kyle, I would love for you to lead us through a raid. Hell I'm yeah. still mad at Brett Shoemaker for shooting a rocket at me during that platforming part in Taken King. There's video evidence. Wow, of that. I fell. I was almost oh, yeah, there. the ship one or the like the, the last one, the last one, that the... last like big super long jumping yeah, like yeah. thing. I'm still mad. Still mad wow. at you, Brad. Oh. I love you, Brad. Oh. Um, we should take a break and then talk more about some other video games that are not Destiny Two Shadowkeep. But I really want you to. to have the chance to talk yeah. about. Is there anything else? About- yeah, I mean, I, honestly, for people who are interested in something that has a, a kind of longer tail, they've added a bunch of systems cool. that are 
fun. I like wrote about this when they first uh, announced them, Armor 2.0. There's stats, there's numbers, they do they actually do things and you know what they do. Do you feel like there's builds? The like UI. as you were playing through, did you feel like, wow? Like- Not in the campaign so much okay. because you, you start out like pretty low. Like the baseline is 750 now. Like that's just like what everyone starts at now. Yeah. Um, but I'm starting to get into that now. Like as I hit the end of the campaign, like I'm starting to... Uh, you know, really take a look at armor pieces and stuff, and it seems like there's a good bit of customization in there that that'll be fun to play with. Awesome in the long run, that'll be cool. Like I'm, I'm so excited that they're getting back to the RPG stuff. Yeah, and expanding there, on it. There's even like these weird. There's like two new enemy types that are like not new enemies, but like enemies will have this designation where you have to match certain guns to that enemy in order to deal more damage or have a special effect. It's like uh, sort of like the elemental stuff, but. Like the, little war the elemental stuff, mm-hmm. elemental oh, shields. No, no, yeah, it's like it's, it's different though. It's like a like um, what's it called? Like uh, one of them's like a disruptor ogre or something, and it like it's it's I beam, um, like fucks up your vision a lot more than the regular I beam, and you have to do you have to have like a disruptor, like gun or disruptor mod on a gun cool. or. In order to, like, so they're experimenting with yeah, like ways like, to make some of those little decisions, which is going right. to make it again. We'll make it more um, impenetrable for some folks, right? In the, if they it's want to like, do that post game stuff, yeah. But but for the people who are sticking around, it will probably be a more in depth uh, experience. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, I'm gonna I'm going to try to get into this fucking game. I'm going to. Hell yeah. I'm going to try it. We're going to see this After weekend. the raid, I'll yeah, I'll totally. go through some Come missions through. with you Come if you through. want the old stuff. Um, I really also <laughs> briefly really hope. That cross play is coming because I still have oh friends on God. PS4. And Patrick, you ran the story. Yes, was it you, Patrick, who wrote that story? Uh, yeah. On on yeah. Sony, uh, finally saying, "Hey," or sort of saying, "Hey, cross play is a thing now for real. We're gonna let all. We're gonna open up cross play to all developers, not just select." Uh, they're doing it. Re- I think the reason they're not bragging about it is because they don't want to do it, and so they're just reluctantly <laughs> getting pushed Fuck into off. adopting cross play um, as opposed to. Uh, you know, there's an alternate path where they, yeah, could have like embraced it and been like, you know what, you know, we're a market leader, but like we want to blah, 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 eh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I, it's, it's coming to PUBG. It's in PUBG already and like beta. My guess is it's coming to Destiny before the end of the year. Yeah. Like that's the kind, I don't think a lot of older games are going to get it, but I think Destiny's the kind of game Absolutely. that yeah. we'll get the it audience will love later. That, so. yeah, for sure. Yeah, totally. Yeah. All right, let's take a quick break and come back and talk more about video games. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Daniel Riendo. Yo. You've been driving a cab. 
Been driving all night. I don't know why I said that in the push a T. You, you are hiding a child. <laughs> you're not. Done. You're not hiding a child. But you have been driving a cab all night. All night, every ne- night. Neo cab. Neo cab. Uh, I'm I've driving also, my Neo cab. I've played a little bit of this. Yeah. I've been playing on Switch. Where have you been playing? Me it? too. Okay, playing it on Switch. It's perfect. At night? Yes. Oh, my God. Yes, that is exactly what I'm doing. Like, before yep. bed, I take I, like, fares. take it to bed, and I have my little switch, and I just have it, you know, like, on my tummy, and I have my dog on my right, and I have yeah. one of my cats on my left, and we cuddle up together, and we play a wonderful, fantastic cyberpunk, uh, basically visual novel, but with, yeah, a little bit of, of a few extra little mechanics kind of thrown in, uh, about Lena who is a, a, a queer woman of color who has driven from one city to Los Ojos, I believe is the name of the town. And uh, I think that's basically right. LA, Ojos? but you know, Ojos. Yeah. Eyes. To, she is an Uber mm. driver, excuse me, a neocab driver. Uh, you know, it, the app that she kind of goes through works just like Uber. There are ratings. There is a little map where you yep. need to select people on the city grids, very much like Night Call, uh, which we talked about quite a bit uh, a few weeks ago, I think, a couple months ago, I guess now. But I think it actually works a little better than Night Call uh, because you're not uh, – what I think maybe failed a bit with Night Call is a sort of repetition element and the element of sort of trying to solve a mystery while – this is going on. There is actually kind of a mystery here, but it's not presented in anything like the same way. There's no sort of like, you know, board where you have to order things around or anything like that. You're just sort of getting clues from your passengers in a more organic way than in night call, basically. So as the game is, you take three or four rides per night. It's you're you're driving through this sort of beautiful neon city. That has been taken over by Capra Corp, which is like an Amazon or a Google. Lena hates Capra. Capra sucks, and you kind of get involved with various factions. There's like a really uh, terrifying sort of cop faction that's in in the city. There is a sort of very anti-corporate kind of faction uh, who hate cars. They call cars like death machines. (laughs) Uh, You actually have to like give a ride to one of those folks at one point because they're having like just an emergency and they need to go somewhere and they're really pissed that they have to take a car somewhere. It's a whole ass thing. There are other automatic. So you object to cars (laughs) and yet when Uh you need emergency medicine. Uh Uh-huh. A little bit of are that. Are those people also, because I'm still pretty early on, I, yeah. I've met some anti-car people. Yeah. But, um, or I've, I've had conversations about anti-car folks. Yeah. Um, are those people also anti-auto car or are they only anti-owning a car? Not entirely Okay. Because sure. there was some, some character made this interesting, like, I mean, so you're driving a Neo cab. Yes. And it's rare that people even have cars, but- Capra, the evil corporation. They have automatic cars. They do have automatic cars. So it's not like the car has been abolished and replaced in this world with better mass transit. It's just been – what's been abolished is uh, uh, jobs. Yeah, pretty much. If you don't work for Capra, you're a gig worker of some kind. You meet lots of other types of gig workers. You talk to them about how much it sucks. You talk to them about like everybody's just trying to make a quota in every way. That's kind of one thing. And I've talked to folks in this game who are like – statistician gig workers who just need to do surveys all day. I've talked to folks who are actors who basically are in like with the version of video games is in this future world where it's like, I'm in an immersion. It's the only thing that pays. We have a local theater. That's cool. Capra gives (laughs) us some money, I guess. I mean, everything, really every kind of gig worker in this economy is just trying to make stats and and make rent and make it all work, that kind of thing. So it's a very... Of course, it it appeals to my politics. Of course, it appeals to my aesthetic uh, sensibilities. And of course, I'm playing as a sort of queer woman. 
I'm not sure if you have to. I think maybe there are just choices you can make, you know, about your feelings towards a particular character that sure. kind of flavors that. The it's, other, it is very like from the jump. I it would oh. be really hard for me to play this game and not see the tension between those two characters. Oh, a hundred percent. It's like so. I guess you can play it the other I, way if I you guess. want. Yeah, Ugh. if you have to, right? <laughs> I, yeah, as like a as like a an any percent. Uh, non queer run, as a, he- right. as a hetero run it's for like the head run, run of Neo Cab. Yeah. I don't oh, know. It's oh way different. Wow. I don't know um, about that. There is one other really cool feature in the game. So, again, mechanically fairly simple. You're, you're making choices in conversations uh, and you are picking up rides. Again, sort of like Neo Cab, there's a map. You're, or like, sorry, uh, sorry, uh, night, like Night Call. You're picking up people on a map, that kind of thing. There is also a really th- cool thing called a feel grid. Where uh, your best friend, mm, uh, your more than pal. your best friend, your gal pal, who you're going to live with and be roommates with, uh, gifts you in like your second conversation in this whole game with a feel grid, which it's like, it looks I had like to a, hold, I had a to Photoshop like, like grid of colors that yeah. corresponds to your true emotional state. It's a mood bracelet. You get a it mood is. bracelet. <laughs> your ex sort your. She's, she's, I, I, she's, she means a lot. She means, she means well. a lot to Lena. Yeah. She I had to well. bite my tongue because I knew I did not want to be like, yo, we, the first thing that you did when I got with you, I got back, I met back up with you for the first time in years yeah. is you gave me a mood bracelet. She, she gave you a mood I bracelet. I gave her my heart and she gave me a mood yeah. bracelet. I threw yeah. it on the ground. <laughs> ran it over. Ran it over. And then I backed up and I ran it over again. So yeah, like you were saying, there was like a literal, on the bottom left of the yeah. screen, a sort of like a, like you said, a Photoshop like Color it's like wheel, a gradient almost. color yeah, wheel. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It's like, you know, four steps from the middle to the out or whatever, three or four steps from it's there. Intensity and moods. And then color. So yeah. it's like, you're, if you're mad, if you're super mad, you might be like level three red, like dead center. Yeah. If you're like a little, if you're both a little angry and a little sad, you'll be like in the purples or whatever. Yep. Um, and that, those open and closed dialogue options. They do. Based like almost in a way that reminds me of something like Depression Quest in the yeah, sense it's of like, cool like that. way yeah. more developed out, obviously, yes. because it's just like more here. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, like where it'll be like, oh, I can't say that. I'm too mad to say that right now. Exactly. Or I'm chill enough to say this right now. Like, so your mood actually right. dictate like the com- the choices you've made throughout the sort of dialogue trees will dictate your feelings as Lena. And I really like this as like a player choice character kind of dichotomy like you are playing as Lena not just as you but like this is Lena this is what she's actually feeling she, her emotions are embodied in this way it's corny as shit and she thinks it's corny as shit too but she's wearing it because it came from Zavi right so you know but that it means a lot it means something here I have some questions on this because I've not yeah. played as much as you have I've, I'm not all the way through either okay. I haven't finished it so but if you're in the middle I'm sure I think in the middle point, I'm somewhere yeah have you felt like that has at all been something you find yourself gaming where you're like, I know that this conversation is going to take a turn. I want to be in a chill place. So maybe I'm going to make some answers. Or if you felt like this is a thing you could even do, I'm going to do some answers early on in this conversation so that I'm in a place where I can get what I hope is the right outcome. Yeah. So to, the right outcome. Or are you are you just like completely role playing? Are you completely able to like – I'm completely role playing. Okay. So if you're angry, you're like, yo, fuck this. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Well, it's also like I this is a game I feel strong identification towards this character. Sure. So I'm I'm very like very naturally kind of role playing it. And she the way she talks, the way she thinks, it's it's so natural. Like the dialogue is really well written. 
it feels really like this is a person who is kind of at her wit's end in some ways, but is just trying to fucking deal with it. Like yeah. she's very, she's in a mood I identify with. I will just say that sure. in a lot of ways. She is just, she's had enough and she is just trying to get through the day slash night. It's night. It's always night. You're always hmm. driving at night. She drives to the graveyard shift, you know, this Lena. People got to go places at night. You no? Know? Yeah, I don't mind that. I, there's... I'm sure if I was paying attention in that way and I was trying to game the system, it would be obvious to me what I would have to do. But I'm really not. I am so enjoying this as like a very, very pure role playing experience. And I am really enjoying where it's going and actually very, very happy to kind of have these conversations with these people. And all the people are interesting without being... I don't know. It doesn't feel like this game is just trying to have X, Y, and Z types or X, Y, and Z characters. Like, it doesn't really feel like that. It feels like these are all people who are taking a neocab because they want to talk to someone. Mm -hmm. Like, they they would take the automatic car if they didn't want to talk to someone. So these are all people who kind of want to have some kind of interaction, and those are different types of interactions. But where uh, Nightcall kind of did feel like, Okay, we've kind of got the woozy type and, and this type and that type and this type. And again, I don't want to crap on that game. I really enjoyed that game. I think that game did some really interesting things and I and I love the mood and the tone of it. But this does feel a little bit more developed towards a very particular worldview and a very particular story that it kind of wants to tell. And this character is poised to say certain things and knows she has to have a four-star rating or above or she gets in trouble. Mm-hmm. There's an interaction you can have with somebody who might know something about there is like a core mystery, but again, you're not like putting clues together. It's more like you're just trying to talk to people and find things out uh, where it can like ruin your rating and it's bad. You can't have a ruined rating and it, the game itself is honest about what this interaction is. You're, you're supposed to be a fake friend to people mm-hmm. and get them somewhere. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's very much an expectation as a Neo cab driver. You're here to be somebody's bartender and maybe their therapist and maybe, you know, X, Y, and Z as you drive them somewhere. It, it's 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 in the fiction. It's it's a very empathetic piece towards gig workers as well as a well-written piece of interactive fiction. I could not help but think about Eliza here. Oh, yes, yes, yes. You could put those two. I'm sorry, Rob, did you have a uh, thing there? I looked uh, up. Just briefly, I was curious yeah. if you felt there was a tension between saying the thing that people want to hear and maybe they'll give you a higher rating versus the yes. thing that like – you would probably say to someone if you were being honest, like, is there a tension between like, uh, I think you might be in the wrong with that. Mm -hmm. Directly in several conversations so far. It's very much been like, shit. I mean, like it not even just like, Oh, you're an asshole. It's much more like the flavor of how you're going to break something to someone or like, because Lena pretty much gives her opinion. Okay. Although she does absolutely couch it and you can control how much you're couching it. Right. Basically, She's not going to suddenly be pro Capra. Capra? Yeah. No matter uh, what. Right, right, right. It's either I shut my mouth or I make a snide comment mm-hmm. about Capra. Like it's very much couched. You're not, you're not going off on like tirades with people unless it's a very particular type of conversation, right? This is not I'm shouting dialogue at you. It does feel like conversations and it does feel like she's picking what flavor of this conversation she wants to have because she knows she needs four stars. Like there's a there's a woman uh, sort of early in the game uh, and you, you have several interactions with people. This is like you have continuing conversations with people. They like you. They want to seek you out again because you had a great conversation with them. Uh, again, you're basically their therapist and their bartender and their driver all kind of all in one. Uh, where you can kind of tell her she's going on a date and she wants to look like her animesh because she has been dating this guy 
and they use filters with each other. So she's really nervous to meet him in person. And it's like, you can kind of like validate her by making her feel attractive or you can kind of tell her like, yo, this this dude better like you either way. You're great. You know, you can kind of go either way with that. Mm-hmm. And which way you go may very well depend on like, shit, I really, I really need a good rating here. It's like, I want to be honest with this woman. I want to be validating to her. How far should I go? Need that five stars. Right. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm loving it. I'm not quite done yet. I've several hours in. I'm playing it kind of every night for an hour in bed. Like this is great. I'm like excited to to play it again. So, uh, I'm very 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 happy with it so far. And I should probably say the developer is Chance Agency. That's who made it. Cool. Uh, yeah. So that uh, briefly, I do want to go back to the thing I was asking, which is yeah, yeah. Please. This reminds me a lot from what you've described with Eliza, uh, yes. the also a visual novel that came out a few like a month ago. Um, that both you and Rob are really taken with. I'm curious yes. how it. Not like is it better? Is it worse? But like these seem like they're playing in similar spaces. It's uh, in the same field. Yeah, I think uh, it, it's a very sort of uh, in some ways anti big tech, but not that simple. Right. Mm-hmm. It, it, this is probably a little bit more anti big tech because your character has been directly screwed by big tech. Whereas in Eliza, you were both someone who constructed this incredible, you know, therapy app and benefits from it in some direct ways and also suffers for it, suffers for the amount of work she did on that team, suffers for what happened to her team and what happened to somebody on that team. Mm-hmm. So that was a more complex relationship with like big tech. But this is very much. Uh, in conversation with that. This is very much like I'm just trying to get through the day, whereas the character in Eliza was also just kind of waking up after a depression and trying to get through her day. There's a lot of similarities in sort of the characters themselves. And I think the quality of the writing and the fact these are both sort of uh, futuristic but somewhat near future pieces about like women characters kind of dealing with the world that they're living in and and kind of doing their best in imperfect situations. So, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I'm very curious about it. I, I need to put more time into it because I really liked the the first you know couple hours that I put into yeah. it for sure. Um, the lead is a really cool character. Like I like her as Love a character for, from what I've played. Yeah, Lena's great. Yeah. Um. All right. Cool. Uh, that's on Switch. That's on PC. It's on. Yeah, I'm playing on Switch. It's on Apple Arcade. Apple. Oh, oh, Apple Apple Arcade. Arcade. Yeah, awesome. Oh, this should be a really good mm-hmm. phone oh, yeah. game. Now oh. that I think about it, I would love to play this on phone. Maybe I'll maybe I'll Absolutely. switch over there. Uh, PSA. Yeah. If you have headphones that have a play pause button on them yes and you open one of those apple arcade games and it turns off your whatever you were listening to you can hit play again and it'll play it but that's the only way to but get that's that to the work. only way that is a oh yeah I, uh, I haven't written this article yet but i can <laughs> yeah i can explain here is that uh um so uh yeah a lot of apple arcade games are have this problem um which as a, as a vast more developers, some is deliberate, some is an accident, um, in which, yes, you cannot play outside media sources while you're playing the game. And there are a lot of these games where that would seem very natural. Mm. Maybe not Neocab, but like <laughs> definitely Grindstone and like an Overland and, and other stuff like that. Um, so there is a, uh, a, a basically a, a, a checkbox in Unity that if you don't, I got. I don't remember if it's check or uncheck, but it, was, it basically relates to out, whether you will allow outside media sources to be played over the audio that is built into the app. And a lot of these games like missed that. Um, I did talk to one developer who said that was deliberate, like that they want their game to be atmospheric, but they actually don't want you to bring in outside audio sources, which I think is goofy. You should let the yeah. player determine whether they want to do that. Um, 
maybe they're playing it a second time and you know what your music doesn't matter that much you know what yeah. i mean like it just seems I, I i understand that the what they're going for but um grindstone is getting a patch what the golf is getting mm. a patch um so developers recognize this is an issue but it is a if i my guess is and I, um that it's like automatically checked like by default in Unity, it would developers need to uncheck it, but they're not necessarily noticing it. So hopefully it's something that enough people raise an issue about and then that becomes less of a problem going forward. But it does mean that games need to be given. It's not like an iOS issue. It's it's uh, a Unity issue. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I have to play some more. Uh, you played something on on uh, Apple Arcade, right? Did you play yeah. Card of Darkness? Card of Darkness. What, how was that? What is that? What's uh, the deal? It's good. It's neat. Um, so... It's not really a card. It's not a card game in the way that you're thinking of. I think about a lot of type of card games. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I know it's it's not a deck yeah, builder. Not or a, a, all of our, if all of our uh, card games are ro- roguelikes with yeah, a, yeah, a card game, yeah, yeah, that's no, not what this no, one is. I get you. Um, this is that the one made by the developed by Zach Gage with art yeah. by Pendleton Ward from yes. Adventure Time. Right? Uh, what did Zach Gage do again? A lot of things. Spell Tower and uh, what else comes to mind? Uh, chest. Chest. Two is it or ch- un, no. ridiculous fishing? Uh, ridiculous, yeah, I worked on it on yeah. ridiculous fishing. Um, uh, I'm trying to remember if, if Zach did really bad chess. Was the Zach really Gage bad. chess one, which <laughs> is very cool. Great. Anyway, um, well, essentially the way that this uh, works out is that you're an adventurer going through dungeons, and the dungeons are this uh, four by four grid, and you're presented with a. Um, Varying stacks of cards. Mm. Each card has a different thing on it. Uh, some of them are health potions. Some of them are weapons. Some of them are enemies. Some of them are gold. Um, each one has a number associated with them. So um, I'll pick up a sword that has the number three on it. Uh, and there's an enemy with the number three on it. I attack that enemy and I don't take any damage. Okay. You keep um, the sword. You keep the sword. Cool. Uh, now there's an enemy with the number two on it. Uh, I attack it and the sword breaks. Because if you attack with a weapon that's odd on an even oh, wow. uh, enemy, you lose the weapon. Interesting. Um, the I have a level two sword, and there's a level uh, number six enemy. I attack it, and I still keep the sword, but I take four damage. Do you also do two damage, or is the enemy it, gone? The enemy's gone. Okay. Right? So, like, the number will uh, decrease the amount of damage you, you take, basically. Right. It's both on... a sword and a shield, in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the the point is to, um, near the, at the at the top of this 4x4 grid, there is, w- over one of the blocks, uh, a staircase. Okay. That leads to the next level, or an exit door, that leads to the end of the, 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 the dungeon. Um, what it, what happens though is that these are it's not just individual cards they're stacks of cards and once you've tapped the top one you actually have to empty out that stack before you can move on interesting so even if the top one's a potion the next one under might be an enemy and you still have to deal with them before you can leave the zone even if you've carved your path right. through this 4 by 4 to get all the way out are these here's a question are these procedurally generated dungeons or are these handcrafted dungeons? If you went back and replayed the third dungeon. I believe that they're random. Interesting. Right. Like Okay. Cause it's just a four by four grid and it's just like the stacks of cards and I feel it feels like yeah. The each time I go yeah. There's it's definitely random. Like the, the cards will be in different because I, I haven't actually had to replay any until this morning. I got oh. to a couple levels where I couldn't get through. Uh there were a couple new enemies that I uh uh didn't quite get the handle on quick enough. One of them uh, dealt poison to you. Uh, 
the other one would poison the cards next to it, Ooh. which means every time you, if you if you think of tapping or uh, uh, tapping on any of the cards as like a turn, mm-hmm. every turn that passed, the cards that were poisoned would go down in uh, level. So it would it, you could use it smartly to kill other enemies, but also if there was like a gold next to it, it, y- would. it would go down wow. until it disappeared. Cool. Yeah. Um, I like so, this. I'm looking at some gameplay footage, and it's interesting to think about this as like an abstract map of a dungeon, mm-hmm. in the sense that, like, hey, if there's only one card in one of these slots, it's almost like an empty hallway. Right. It's easier to move through. Whereas if you get to something that's like five cards stacked on top of each other, it's almost like you've hit a big room filled with enemies. Right. You know what I mean? Totally. Even though it's just a slot on this card map. Yeah, and um, one of the things that I got stuck is kind of thinking in a very bottom to top way of like trying to clear it almost mm. which is definitely not the smartest way to play this game you absolutely should be going around things when you need to right. because otherwise like there's a limited amount of weapons that you get per like oh, uh, thing and sure. a limited amount of potions as well to heal you so you really want to be you want to be more efficient about finding that route than like I'm just going to clear the board right you might just get stuck if you try to overdo it yeah in fact. yeah and there's sometimes where you're you're, you're going to want to leave, uh, you're going to want to leave gold on the ground because you're not sure what's under that. Like it's a big stack. There's probably a bunch of enemies under there. You don't want to take that risk, or you're you're like fine and you're full health and you have a couple uh, potions left on the board that you could use later. Right. Um. Yeah. It's really it's been really fun. Really neat. Uh. Yeah. I'll check that out. I definitely still a bunch of Apple Arcade games to get through. So yeah. I'll, I'll add it to the <laughs> list towards the top of things I want to check out. Yeah. <clears throat> Rob. You, I think, might be in love with a game now. Um, compared to where you were on Monday, is what I will say. You seem pretty high on Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Breakpoint. <laughs> Breakpoint. One word. Look, sometimes Breakpoint. love is unexpected. Yeah, it sometimes sneaks up on you. Like you meet someone and they seem like you wouldn't get along with them at all, but then it turns <laughs> out like. Not necessarily opposites attract, but there are things. But like, it turns out there's hidden depths, things you didn't like. Maybe actually you do. Who can say? Uh, <laughs> Who could say? What's good? What's bad? I'm having, <laughs> I'm having one of those experiences with Breakpoint, which is probably one of the biggest surprises of the year for me, uh, just because my expectations were so incredibly low. Um, I think a lot of us around Waypoint and Motherboard have actually sort of fallen into Breakpoint a little bit. But this is this is another Ghost Recon game. In terms of structure, I would say it is a lot like Wildlands. It is another one of those. It is also very much, and this is another reason why I'm probably surprised how much I'm enjoying this. This is an Ubisoft open world game. Oh, yeah. Uh, this You has, got question marks, babe. I was yeah. not ready for, I only played an hour last night. I was so little I could add to the discussion, except I was taken aback that immediate, like you get dumped in, you know, light tutorial, and then <laughs> it's just like get in a car, question marks. And I was like, yeah. oh, here's a cave and why is there an ancient looking box that also houses an upgrade for your weapon? I don't know, but don't worry. There's question marks. And I I guess I I hadn't closely tracked the game, but I also was not, I guess in my head had just thought, oh, because of the structure of it, it's not going to be something where you're on a dirt bike and stopping every five feet to look at these question marks and find quests and loot and stuff like that. It's a shooter. 
it is absolutely that style of Ubisoft game. Um, I mean, you can turn off, so you can turn off waypoints. I like that. I like that I, you're able to turn off guided mode and just kind of navigate the map by like loose direction. Um, the thing that I, so you can turn that off with guided mode on. You talk to an NPC. They go, go save this guy. He's near a lighthouse. And then you open your map and it's up. Yeah, there's a, there's a point. Yeah. But if you have that off, it just says he's near a lighthouse. And you open your map and it has like some notes. It has some clues. Oh. It's like he's near the northern shore of the bog. You can see a lighthouse from where he is. <laughs> some third thing. And then you go. <laughs> I want the narration. I, I want, yeah, I want yeah. some sort of smoky <laughs> voice for like. Yeah. Hmm. Robert Pattinson hmm. and Willem Dafoe are bring, bring are them right in there. to do yeah. right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they are. The, the lighthouse. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, and, uh, yeah, I like that version of it, but it is still, even with that, the thing that happens, you're right, Patrick, is like every five seconds, your map is lighting up because you drove past an ancient ruin that some PMC dudes have taken over or, or whatever. Um, Rob, I'm curious for you, what is the thing, if there is like inside of that Ubisoft structure, which is all there. It, ranging from the Assassin's Creed loot system slash the Division loot system. I guess it's probably a distinct loot system. I'm not deep enough in this game to make a one-to-one comparison of them to the Far Cry 5, you know, gain, in, get points on your map from talking to individuals and finding info points uh, to the kind of like past open world breakpoint stuff or, or wildland stuff. What is the thing that has coalesced that into an experience you just love? I think it's the fact that it feels like there's multiple games here in one. And it the the reason for that, I think, is because it succeeds really profoundly at the action stealth shooter genre, which is a tough that is that is an intersection of two different things that is tough to really make go together. A lot of it, you know, if you get it wrong, you end up with a good stealth game with bad action with with bad shooting sequences that feel more like you've fucked up and it's not it's not fun to play through it uh or it is a frustrating and aggravating stealth experience and for, you know what you'd be better off doing is just blasting your way through it this game flows between those extremes really well you can play it as a very demanding, very good stealth game. If you want to see the most punishing the Ghost Recon breakpoint can be, do what I'm doing on Xbox and play by yourself. Yeah. That game is merciless. Yeah. If you want to... Is that fun? Oh, yeah. I like it a lot. Okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. This is the, I think about the deal of scene. Sorry, I, I don't want to, I don't want to step on your point that you're making before I ask about the single player co-op experience. Sorry, yeah. You're, yeah. you're building to something. Well, let me just quote Dia really quick on Tomb Raider because this is the thing I think about a lot while playing I this game, it. which is um, uh, stealth mechanics are only as good as the combat that starts when stealth is broken, right? Mm-hmm. That is, uh, this game does feel built towards that demand. Yeah. And so I think, you know, Kato was just telling a story. I don't know if our uh, audio <laughs> yeah, track caught it. It did not, yeah. Okay. But Kato was telling a story about how quickly things got away from him. He saw a patrol of like four dudes, the standard patrol you find in the standard pod of enemies in games like this. And 
you think I can take those guys. Yeah. And you can probably, but the question in Breakpoint is how quickly and efficiently can mm-hmm. you take them? And what else might be in your area that you are not aware of? This is a game where without feeling cheap, it doesn't happen with enough frequency that it's just aggravating. But this is a game where frequently there are other things in the open world ecosystem that com- can completely change your expectation for how an encounter is going to go. Yeah. I'll give you an example. Um, so when I started playing on PC, I rolled a new character and I decided to crank up the difficulty a little bit. One thing that changed right away was on hard. It definitely seemed like weapon suppressors stopped being magical. And <laughs> we're like, on normal, I was just kind of like lighting dudes up with an automatic uh, rifle with a silencer on it. And nobody could hear shit. I was just like, oh, it's like oh a machine gun, but it makes no noise. When I cranked it to hard, suddenly, like, that sound seemed yep. to carry. The alert radius seemed way wider. And so, like, when I took one shot with that thing, suddenly the forest lights up with people kind of being like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. And that then was one of the most terrifying moments I had in my short time with this game is seeing the 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 words shot her oh, when I so accidentally good. shot into the ground and all of a sudden the map just like lights up I'm like oh fuck <laughs> it has kind of an invisible ink feel in yeah. terms of like oh there's like you dropped a big stone in the pond yeah and you see the ripple go out and you're like oh I ooh and like invisible ink right. like invisible ink you also get the other thing which is um, I mean, on Invisible Ink, there's a timer that, that is like you do a certain number of yeah. turns and the elevator doors open and new forces enter. But here it's like sometimes there's a helicopter patrol. Sometimes there's a, <laughs> a, a drone plane that yep. flies overhead yep. and is just going to see you if you are not in cover. You may have just finished clearing out a quarter of an estate you're trying to capture. But if that plane goes overhead and you do not have a thing to hide behind or mud to cover yourself up with, I, things were going to go bad. And like that is my, some of my favorite moments have been a plane spots me and EMPs my radar and suddenly I am the one who can't see shit and yeah. they are and I hear people coming in from the fucking tree line dog it's yeah, yeah. that was that laugh was exactly my actual response I'm like alright man fuck that's good though it's so that's good, good. Well, yeah, so like this level one encounter, like I shoot one dude, the first shot's the headshot, and then the other three guys break for cover. I am pretty sure one of them runs to another pod of enemies. Yeah. I don't know, like it seems to me like when you have large groups of like loosely associated patrols, it seems like they might run into each other's detection radius and pass the alert along because the alert kept chaining out. And so like more four and two person patrols started coming in on me. And so right away, like the fight is getting a little hairy, but then yeah, you lose that situational awareness. You are trying to like flank out to one group of guys. You're flanking into another group of guys. And then what you don't hear, because there's a bunch of shooting, there's like they're starting to zero in on your position. You're busy trying to like get the drop on the next group is you don't hear the chopper flying overhead. You get the detection bar warning that like somebody is spotting you. And once that meter fills up, you will be detected. You don't hear the chopper, though that's noisy. But the real nightmare thing. The chopper is just two guys in it, basically a, a, a pilot and a gunner. And they, once they get eyes on, you're in trouble, but they're still using their eyeballs to, to see you. The thing that scares the shit out of me is the Asriel drone. Yeah. 
which is <laughs> wow. the high altitude UAV yep. that just flies circuits over the island. And you can barely hear it. It's got one of those really quiet, like electromotors. Uh, and it is not fooled by you. Like you can, for instance, lie prone in the dirt and cover yourself with mud. And that fools humans and the predator. It does not fool the Asriel drone, which will spot you unless you are in cover, like in a building, the Asriel drone will spot you. By the way, it will also spot you through a window. Yeah. So if you're like in a building, but you like are standing in the wrong place in the room, the drone will see you. And once that drone sees you, it drops a smoke round uh, in your vicinity. And yeah, you get the electromagnetic interference. Your map drops away. So the music good. is good. The music yeah. is tense. Yeah. Like you immediately get the like anxiety inducing, uh, you know, just sort of haunting theme music. And then the wolves probably show up. Quick thing. Uh, those are. It is uh, unfortunate. They're special troops. Yes, right? they are not. Okay. They're it's not. <laughs> puts out a whistle call and a pack of oh. rabid wolves emerge. But that, that, yeah. Although, yeah. that would be incredible. That would be well, that was Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Oh, you're right. You're yep. right. Um, get, those bo- get those bots. <laughs> yeah. Like, look, oh. this is a. This is a Near future tech, Boston Dynamics out making animal robots. Yeah. Like, what if you were down, hunkered down oh, in mud wolf. thinking you're hiding from humans and a pack of wolf <laughs> robots came oh through and just like, <laughs> sir, sir, you're mud. Yeah. Uh-huh. I will, so, say, I will say really quick, Panthers before, we leave, before we leave Assassin's Creed, they fixed one of my beefs with Assassin's Creed by going... Even more absurd with it. You may remember that one of my f- my favorite slash least favorite things about Assassin's Creed Odyssey was that you're just running through the woods, hitting the A button to grab fucking yep. you know whatever's around you. Grab these trees. Grab the grab these branches. Yeah, grab this all fruit. That, all that medicine. Yeah, and there's no animation for it. You're just kind of like or you're just kind of like grab, 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 grab as you run. Here they've gotten rid of the animation entirely, or they've gotten rid of the button press entirely. Yeah. You are a Hoover. You are vacuuming up. Uh, yep. Pineapples. You, you just walk over it like you got 17 pineapples. <laughs> Now, um, we'll get to the why you need pineapples in this game, which is goofy, and I like it. Maybe you don't, but... Uh, uh, you yeah. know, we'll, we'll get to it. Um, yeah. Rob, sorry, Rob, you were... You so, are, yes, yeah, so the thing is, one, it is unfortunate that you're all technically ghosts, because clearly the enemy type you're facing would be better described as ghosts yes. than wolves. Yes, Like, they are spec ops troops in, like, fucking camo capes. And uh, sort of these full the, these full head masks that are a bit like man in the iron mask uh, type type costumes. And here's the thing. I thought like in the in the trailers and everything, these things were like these enemies look kind of silly. It seemed like a, an absurd aesthetic. They're eerie. Like I'm going to I'm going to say this, too. There, there are times when Breakpoint verges on becoming kind of a horror game. And when you go into really like secure areas where you're really super not supposed to be and you realize that all the standard enemy types are missing and what you're facing are the wolves and you sort of pull out your scope and you zero in and you see a group of these guys just standing stock still, (laughs) like overlooking a hill, capes billowing in the in in the (laughs) rain and they're more alert, they're better armed and Usually when you're fighting them, it means you will lose the advantage of radar. And so they will just start like, and also they hunt way more aggressively. PMCs, once you run away and break contact with them, you'll be like, okay, cool. Like I'm safe. 
and they'll sort sort of give up. Even if you get out of the electromagnetic, uh, like the 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 radar interference radius when you've been detected, and you think, okay, broken contact, the wolves are still hunting you. And this is a thing that has surprised me multiple times, where I'm like, woo. Boy, didn't didn't win that fight, but I got out of it. All right, time to patch up my wounds and sort of check my inventory, etc., cetera, uh, and start planning, like, what I'm going to do next. And, like, while I'm doing that, they will just walk up to me and, like, point-blank murder me. Didn't hear them approach. Just, like, I look up from bandaging myself up, and there's a dude in a cape with a shotgun, and I'm just, like, literally executed. Yeah. And I'm They're like, the player oh. character, for sure. Yeah, you know yeah. they have that. They they have done the thing, which is like, yeah, you are fighting yourself here. Which you know that is my favorite thing in video games is equally matched opponents. Mm-hmm. Um, I I will say I'm probably not as hot on this as you. I, I want to get into why I do like the stuff I do like, but briefly before we fall down the path of like, here is why you should go play this game for sure. The two things I have to take it to task for one. UI. The, there are a thousand like uh, menus in this game, uh, and even on a really powerful PC, it does take a while to button through them and move from thing to thing. This is a game that has 17 different mission types. It has a million things to track. Yeah. It takes way too long to get into your, your, your inventory and change a weapon. If I'm picking up a weapon that's better than the weapon I have, there are going to be times where I'm just like, yeah, equip this to one of my slots, please. I don't want to have to pause the game, especially in multiplayer where you cannot pause the game to switch the to switch weapons, you can have to. The game oh, continues to run in multiplayer. To that, yes. To that, when you change classes, when you can be a panther or a sharpshooter or yeah, whatever, yeah. Uh, all those classes, <laughs> when you switch classes, they have a preset it wants you to load. Yes. If an item yes. is associated with that preset for that class, you can't deconstruct it and get out of your inventory. Yeah, you so if to- you haven't played sharpshooter in like a half dozen item levels, when you're like, why do I have this low level rifle that I don't even like hanging around my inventory? And you're like, oh, I can't deconstruct it because it's part of the preset for that character. You can so go all in this and fucking edit the management. preset, but you have to do that. You have to actually go in and do that. It's Jeez. a pain in the ass. I like that there are preset loadouts so I can have, like, my medic multiplayer build and my, like, uh, assault, uh, you know, uh, single player thing where I'm, like, sturdier. But it's a pain in the ass to, to manage all of that stuff. Yeah. The second thing I, I do want to say is we did wonder last time whether or not there were native folks on this island. Yeah. I have not met any native folks yet. But one, there are quote unquote ancient ruins all around the island who are that are from the ancients is the only thing people have said so uh-huh. far. Um, I heard I heard some regular civilians on this island talk about how the ancients Things were, the ancients, ah, it sucks that anyone fucked with these ancients. They were like, oh yeah, agreed. It does yeah. suck that anyone fucked with the ancients. But I don't who, know why we're calling them the ancients. Um, <laughs> okay, so. But wait, let me finish the sentence. Because they just, they just like to hang out. They didn't bother anybody. And they were way more connected with nature than we are. <laughs> um, and then they did say that the sentinels, who are the PMCs, uh-huh. were trying to round up descendants of the ancients. Um, uh, Descendants of the Ancients, my favorite MOBA. Yeah. Um, And I I think they're going to go, the thing that they're going to try to do here is do the thing of like, the ancient people were noble savages, that style of story. Right. But I don't know how important it's going to be. And I only know this because I went off the map. If I'd only played story stuff, it would not have been front and center. Right. Yet, I suspect eventually this plot will get into some of that stuff. And it was just like, oh... Mm, thinking thinking emoji let's see how they <laughs> so, do this the game's actually a little more explicit about what's going on here okay um, you're further in it so 
Yeah, but actually, no, it's in it's in some of the like big text that's on your objectives board when you click okay. on some of the like plot lines you're trying to solve. And I think when you look up something about Aroa itself, yeah, it's like discovered by James Cook in such and such a year. Eventually you uncover uh there, there's a couple things. Right up front, the game tells you the island used to have a native population. It was evacuated by the U.S. Navy in the 50s when it was turned into a Cold War military base. Evacuated. So already the game has built <laughs> yeah. in like this kind of expropriation of, yeah. uh, of, native uh, of, of territory. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, then the history of the island is kind of going for an uncharted type thing where it acknowledges Cook finds the island, but it's not like he discovers it. Uh, the game's like, so he had a lot of Polynesian scouts that he was working with and they were like, you, d- you probably don't want to fuck with that island. And the answer is that the ancients predate apparently like Polynesians and they're like something happened and the island is cursed. The right. island is probably <laughs> cursed and there was a civilization that is gone uh, because it's a cursed island that turned to a military base that is now... And this is this is where it does get really strange. Uh huh. Hmm. They've worked real hard to be like, hey, this is just a you know sandbox playground, this magical island. In the history of that island, there's also the U.S. military forcibly relocating uh, a, a, a native population, hmm. and then the good guys, the homesteaders yeah. that you're working with, already a, a historically loaded term. Yep. Uh huh. They suck. Like it's great. I'm I'm walking <laughs> around. Suck. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm walking around their headquarters, Erwan, uh, which is this. Austin and I were sort of marveling at this like beautiful treehouse, war treehouse that they're oh they're all living. I in. I have been to this place to try out the prefix dinner before. <laughs> it was like that exact style of reclaimed wood, and you were saying like Edison bulb lights and like yeah, it's glamping. It's like war glamping. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. yeah. But you hear people talking about. I just you know. I didn't want to go to war. I hate that. I hate what Sentinel Corp is, what, what the Sentinels have done to the island. And someone's like, well, you know, we gotta, we, we've got to fight them. We got to, we got to take back what's ours. Ooh. And you hear, and it's, you hear this woman say in this exchange, uh, this woman says, I don't want to fight. I want to grow crops. <laughs> and like literally that delivery, the most like, Karen. I want to do brunch. Yeah. Like, it is hysterically funny the way that line reading is, but also this notion that, you know, th- we just need to do whatever we can to help the good, honest, virtuous people, uh, small family farmers who, as we all know, are the good guys in pretty much any scenario we can imagine. And like I heard that line and I just I just kind of laugh because one, these people ain't fucking farmers. Yeah. <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, you're you're basically like holdovers from an old U.S. Navy base who stayed on this island. There's not much evidence of of, of farming going on uh, here. But then just this just this other idea of well, how do we how do we communicate that these these folks are good and honest and virtuous uh, because they want to be small small landholders? It is. Ooh. They suck. 
the the tech bro- okay so my high point of this game just to go back to like to connect to this thing is raiding a Juicero facility oh god uh, it, you know I guess it, not technically Juicero but it is a juice startup has a facility on this island because this island is is that home- pineapples I don't I mean maybe it was the pineapples okay. I probably all the fruit on this island is being turned by into juice by this juice startup uh, <laughs> this island is uh, gameplay wise. Little tiny side things like ancient ruin that you can explore in five minutes. Uh, things that are a little bit bigger than that that are like um, facilities like the Juicero f- factory mm-hmm. I'm talking about. Uh, and then like big compounds and some like city type places uh, that have like real mission content, uh, story mission. Those little facilities are really interesting because as a single player uh, person – uh, they're really hard or they can be really hard. Things can get out of hand very quickly. But if you prep for it right, if you use your resources well, um, you can clear those out and feel really, really good. Uh, the first one of those I did was this Juicero thing um, where I used these consumable drones to let you do the sink shots that were in Wildlands mm. but only a consumable number of times. And I set those up to take out the two snipers on the roof. I I used um, an act – I crafted at a bivouac, a little campground, a uh, like a pineapple bar. To, it was a banana bar, basically, to to increase increase my accuracy. Banana bar. I used banana bar. Yeah. Uh, I got uh, used bananas to make an accuracy increase thing, so I could hit these like very long range headshots that I would not be able to do otherwise. I cleared out this entire place without being seen, and I felt incredible. I felt like a ghost, and that stuff is really good because I've also done facilities where. I, I I could just run in here. I could just take this out, yeah. take a couple of headshots. Okay, good. A civilian sees a body, goes like, oh, no, there's a body. And then next thing you know, I'm being chased by 13 guards and drones yeah. that move around like mis- like cartoon mosquitoes or, <laughs> or like hummingbirds are like darting all God. over the place, blasting me with They're gatling rough. guns. They're rough. Yeah. They're scary. Like try to get a beat on one of them. Like they move it's... really fast. And being able to offer both of those experiences as I'm like, huh, I got to get the fuck out of this place. Incredible. The fact that I'm doing that in a so, Juicero lab, it, uh, mwah, galaxy brain. <laughs> Incredible. So those Patrick, motherfuckers there are just like, uh, sir, I'm I'm trying to work. Can you please can you please leave? And like love it. So good. Rob. Yeah, so Patrick asked a question about like, is it fun doing it solo versus right. like what the, the co-op experience is? And here's the here's the other thing that I really do love about this game is there are a lot of ways you can sort of tune this experience. What kind of game is it going to be? I replayed the same encounter by myself and then with Austin last night. It was to meet Jace Skell, who's kind of the, uh, I don't know, like, what's his name? Adam Newman uh, yeah. at WeWork. Oh. Yep. Uh, he, he, like, he's sort of that dude he kind of, of this Tim island. Cook's voice, though. He has that kind of, like, wispy, like, can't quite yeah. finish a sentence. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, just... Look, I'm just look, I'm just kind of a tech elf yeah. who's here to reinvent tech the elf. world yeah. and yeah. Um so you go to his his mountaintop mansion and the first time I played the sequence you're looking for him, I went there by myself. Mm-hmm. And it was I I shit you not, it was like a 40 minute white knuckle encounter because that thing was crawling with dudes. I had to recon the hell out of it, know the position of every single guard still fucked it up. Cause I didn't see the patrol coming down the mountain from the other side of my Uh. sniper's perch. So like just as I was beginning my assault, 
I ended up in like a raging firefight on this ice slick canyon uh, with, oh yeah, because grounds are, the terrain is slippery. So like I'm in a raging gun battle with this patrol, kill them, then I can begin my assault on the compound and I infiltrate, like I, I wipe out the guards and then it is like floor by floor, room by room, I'm clearing this mansion uh, with a, you know, silenced SMG and pistol and just trying to prevent getting into a close range slugging match with all these dudes in this mansion. It was incredibly intense. It was real good. And then last night, uh, Austin and I played this same sequence and it was basically probably our high point in terms of us being competent. Oh, we were fucking on it, man. (laughs) Yeah, it was slick. It was like, we like nothing else went as right as us storming this compound. Like there was a point where literally Austin had, run forward was getting into some deep shit a guy was flanking him i didn't know which guy i just saw a dude and like i basically headshotted him right as he was about to sound the alarm and like locate austin it was great huh. there was a moment and where we did a sync shot by mistake we were both like yeah. all right i got some unlo- boop and we we hit the shots at the same time we got an achievement for being so synchronized it was amazing there was like we finished <laughs> it oh there was the uh, that was the other time there was a time you almost got you you took a shot with like a DMR or something on like yeah. a heavy, popped the helmet off of him. You're like, shit, I'm out of ammo. And I pulled up, got the headshot oh, at the wow. exact right moment. And it was like an action movie. That bit was like a perfect action movie, a completely different yeah. action movie than the action I was staring movie. down the barrel of a minigun. It was spinning up to speed. <laughs> yeah. And then like, boom, Done. second shot. And like that great like slow fall over like a timber, like a fucking tree <laughs> oh, falling over. God. And that is like a God, different- and then we rocketed those dudes by mistake and had evidence. Oh, that was very funny. The really good moments in the multiplayer where where we are hyper competent, where yeah, there was a we got a we found a helicopter. We f- we found a helicopter that had rockets and a gunning a gunnery like turret on the Great. front on the front like a war, like a yeah. war, like a real fucking war, war helicopter. Yeah. Not just it had a gun <laughs> on the side, also a war helicopter. To be clear, this was like a, we're gonna cause some fucking damage, and we were just like let's try this thing out, and we tried it out, and we realized one of the cars we'd blown up and knocked the guys out of were two intelligence operatives who you could talk to to get information yeah. on where the final boss of the game wow. is at all times. Because he's just out in the world. He's just out in the world. And we were like, also, when I was trying to put the helicopter down, I I hit a tree, but it didn't blow up. It just, I happened to land, I I landed it. I landed it perfectly. You wouldn't know. No, on the ground next to the tree. You wouldn't know that that helicopter was entirely broken by looking (laughs) at it from the outside. But we like got out of it, ran up, interrogated these dudes, went back to the helicopter, and was like, oh, this is a dead helicopter. That's not going anywhere. That's not going anywhere. (laughs) When you realize, like the texture is no longer like <laughs> luminescent at all and you're oh like God. this has become it's like, like the frame it's of like a when cartoon. the breath of life leaves something in a game <laughs> and like the textures are dull and it's like oh no you are class object yes. not class like yeah yeah totally yeah. that is and so those moments it's a different game it is a different game it is as you know not that sort of well I was gonna say it doesn't have that tension but there was that time in the composites factory where we were just in over our head. The numbers don't lie in the sense that like you think about a call of duty game or an uncharted game. You brought up action games. You are a one man army, right? Mm -hmm. Like you are going to take on 30 people easy in any given gunfight in one of those games. 
in single player, taking on 30 people is uh, a real challenge. You have to be very, very on your shit. Uh, take out the generator and use your thermal optics. You make sure that you silence all the snipers, blah, blah, blah. Even in multiplayer, we went on this one, that one composite factory where the second it breaks bad for one of you, it is a crisis. Um, Rob, we and you start losing your cool. Yes, that's exactly it. You know, I'm gonna, okay, I'm gonna run over and get to you, and then like, yeah, now I'm seen by thirty people. Yeah, uh. now I'm trying to get to cover, but like, where, what is good cover? They're pin, they're pincering us. Yeah, one I had one guy wait. So at one point, Rob, you went down in a safe place. Like you thankfully dropped behind a wall that they couldn't just easily get to you uh, over. But I also couldn't get to you easily, so I had to try to like beat feet all the way through this entire fucking facility around the edge into the jungle back around to you and at one point I had a guy kind of pinned and I was like alright he's fine he's just not going to come towards me I can turn around and take care of the guys behind me who are my real threat and I turned and looked again and a, like a drone or a, a heavy or something was approaching me and now there were two of them and there was a defensive person in front the back guy also felt comfortable coming forward in like a phalanx oh, position no. yeah and I was like okay this is cool uh oh they're shooting me yeah let me climb <laughs> like, this oh, ladder that's neat. Ah, shit. Um, and that so it does still have those moments but they feel like they're opt-in i bet if we just played the story missions as in co-op it would be not a cakewalk but like manageable it was pretty cakewalking it yeah, was pretty cakewalking cake yeah maybe too much so even yeah. like honestly in terms of it being a great game i think i've seen flashes that are a little more playing solo it's yeah. a very mm. stingy game and that it's it, it like you have to really work to do this shit because it's all built for oh it should be easy with two or three people right right as a solo person you have to be really on your game but i kind of dig that like yeah. i kind of enjoy that oh if i do this solo i do have to be incredibly good and incredibly like in tune with all the tools this game gives me. Even on regular difficulty, honestly, it's still yeah. tough. Yeah. Uh, How does it the deal with uh, difficulty yeah. with, with in multiplayer? Like who's, who's so setting difficulty? I was about twice Rob's level uh-huh. uh, doing stuff. Every enemy was to my <laughs> level still because we were on my level quests. Okay. But a headshot is a headshot. So Rob was able right, to like yeah. take out heavies and I don't think you ran into too much. You were maybe a little more more like skill thin than me in terms of not yeah. having as many like uh, uh, boosts from passives and right, stuff, right. but it was fine. It seemed fine. Yeah. I, I will say the, the thing that is a bummer about it being an Ubi uh, open world game is that there's all this stuff that we dig and it yep. has some great set pieces. Yep. But then by the nature of these games, you can't just go from like, high plane to high peak like these are games that build in a lot of kind of grindy valleys and so the the thing that is frustrating is sometimes i'm doing something and i'm like i don't know what the good side quests are going to be versus what are going to be the ones where i just go to a place whack some dudes and take some stuff and like complete a quest the classic and three dilemma yeah and there's a version here of like if ghost recon breakpoint didn't have to be the full Ubisoft open world, you know, content bomb. I think this could be a game where like literally you were going from strength to strength and you're just kind of like sitting back at the end being like, holy shit, what an incredible ride. And instead it's a game where the highs are really there, but also there's a lot of the Ubisoft croft. Yeah. Mm. I am. For me, the thing is like, if I could just get rid of that, it's a lot of the UI stuff. It's a lot of the yeah. like 
I mean, this game is a battle pass. You don't have to pay for it. I mean, there mm-hmm. are there is real money transactions. You can straight up put money into this game to buy new guns if you want to. Um, uh, but like, there's a battle pass, and there are a, I think proc gen missions that get added to the map for you to fill that battle pass. Go capture this medical van. Go kill the this lieutenant. Go you know recover this this package or whatever. Um, and it's hard to know. Like, should I care about that? Is there stuff in that that I need or want? This is a loot game now, but I also don't quite know how to think about its loot model in comparison to Destiny or or um, uh, uh, The Division, the other Tom Clancy loot game out right now. Yeah. Do guns ever gain uh, per- perks? Oh, uh, well. Oh, God, I'm glad you asked, because there is crafting in this game. Huh. Guns. What? Each gun had... Oh, there's a, there is a very fetishistic gunsmith menu. Yeah. You can go in. You can just look at the gun if you want to. Yeah. You just want to look at the gun. You could look at look the at gun. Look at that gun. Uh, you can change... You can buy or find in the world. So I'm going to sell it first, and I'm going to walk it back. Cool thing. You can find a report on someone's desk that says where you can find a compensator for your LMG, for not just for like in general, yeah. and it adds the point to the map, or it, or it doesn't if you're not in guided right. mode, and it says, oh yeah, it's in a it's in a Juicero facility. Don't ask why. <laughs> the Juicero facility is over here. Go clear that out. It'll add it. You know when you find it, like oh yeah, this is the place where the LMG compensator is, and that is cool. And then you get it as an option to add to your to your weapon, or you can go buy one of those things. You can buy a an under barrel grenade launcher for a lot of in game in game currency um cool there's also each weapon has 10 upgrade things that that like uh have a small percentage increase to you know reload speed and range and accuracy and drop off and blah 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 blah. you can fill all those out Mm -hmm. then and those take in-game crafting items that you find like loot that you find from breaking down other guns or find in the open world uh, and those are tiered. So if you have a blue, it will give you d- and you uh, disassemble it. You will get a blue level advanced weapon technology piece. Right. Then if you do all of those and you've upgraded your character such that you've access to Mark II weapons, it will unlock a new perk for that gun, and then upload and then le- unlock another ten upgrade slots. <laughs> and if you do that and have the Mark III upgrade, it'll do it a third time, and you'll have a Mark III gun. That way. Let's say you really like a level 25 gun, but you're level 35. You could invest in the level 25 gun and make it competitive indefinitely. Or at least through level 35 where I am or whatever. Um, it's a lot. And this is the stuff that I'm talking about. We're like, I kind of – I don't hate that system, but I know I don't think it's good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like I'm full – it's like eating a McDonald's hamburger where right. I'm like, that was food. Like I, I ate. I don't need to eat again for a few hours. Like I'm good. I'm good till dinner. This is all right as a lunch, I guess. But it's not. I don't know that it's satisfying. It's right. not so nourishing. Much, it's not. Or it's. It's right. Yeah. It is not a. It is not a meal where I feel like ah yes that that it's filled me up. I, there is progression happening, and mm. it is triggering something in my brain. It's like, yeah, good. Prog- this is a blue gun. This has yeah. two extra stat boosts on it. But I don't know enough to know if it's a good progression or loot system. Right. You know, it's like unwanted abachi almost, where it's like, <laughs> cool. I just cool. Need sniper rifle, and then someone's like, tap 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 tap. Yeah. Snick flip. <laughs> upgrade the range, and I'm just like, I just, just give me the. Blue. I ordered a steak. Yeah. Can I? Is this it? Is this this? You, it's like those the the ice cream guys who do like the the twirly. I'm not yeah. gonna give you the ice cream yet. Yeah, please, no. please just give me the <laughs> ice cream. Just have the. Ice I cream, would just please? like to have the fucking ice cream. I, I, I get it. You're skilled at this. 
Um, is the ice cream any good? I don't know. I haven't been able to taste it yet. Um, so yeah, I and the games follow that. Like you're constantly managing that. Yeah, and I wish there was less yeah. of that. It it makes me miss the Metal Gear Solid Five model of I'm going to go out and go do this discrete mission. It's going to be in the yeah. open world, but it's like I okay, that is what my also. I wish this game had like. I think the soundtrack in it is okay. I think there's like some decent tracks in it. I do wish it had weird 80s jams just snuck in the side. <laughs> oh, the yeah. five. But whatever. Yeah. I can open Spotify yeah. if I yeah. want to. Um, You're not in an Apple Arcade. Right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, it looks really good. It looks – there's some great light effects. So it has pretty. a photo mode that's like – the photo mode isn't perfect, but I'm glad there is one. I think people are going to get some good shots of just like the landscape, which is very pretty. Um, there is less – as far as I can tell, less racism in this one <laughs> about a specific people. So good job on dialing Great. that back. It is it is less it is less inhospitable to play for me than Wildlands was. Yeah. If that makes sense. I don't know. Ghost Recon. Rob, you're gonna try to review this one, right? Yep. All right. Look forward nice. to that over on the site, waypoint.vice.com. Uh real quick check-in for me. I have played Gundam Battle Operation 2, a free-to-play Gundam game that hit PS4. It's been out in it's been out in uh, Japan for a long time. Uh, it runs like shit on a PS4 regular. It runs okay on a PS4 Pro. Damn. It's a ve- it's a very weird Gundam game. It's a very oh. like it's a multiplayer shooter. It's a free-to-play shooter. Uh, I've bought some loot boxes this week filled with giant robots in them. It's set in the Universal Century, which is my favorite setting of, of Gundam. It's set, like, during the One-Year War. I like all of these mechs a lot. Sometimes mm-hmm. you want to play a thing because it's your thing. Yeah. Not yeah. because it's good. Yeah. And I, I think there's some cool stuff here. The mechs have, like, a pretty big divergence in how they feel. There's, like, really big stompy ones that are slow as shit. Stompy, stompy. And they're, like, close-range ones that are really, like, something like, whoa, this thing is really fast. And that's a cool thing for the way that works. You know, I'm going to play with some friends this weekend and see how I feel about it. Talk about it next week. Um, uh, And then briefly, Rob, we should probably still put some more time into Warsaw. And we don't really have the time to dig into it right now. But it is the the, uh, darkest dungeon style RPG that is... About uh, the Warsaw Uprising. About the Warsaw Uprising. It's a mean game. It's it's one of the hardest one of the... And Darkest Dungeon, already mean. Already really hard. Uh, I want to put more time into it before I have a final thought on it you're shaking yeah. your head already um, no i mean i like i do too but uh, like i think this is maybe targeted at a version of like hardcore challenge oriented player that i just am not yeah like darkest dungeon even got under my skin yeah. with some of the difficulty spikes and this is considerably more punishing and right from the jump yeah. like darkest dungeon would let you get your feet under you and like no failure was permanent and it didn't cause a spiral it's warsaw was like what if everything spiraled yeah which i get i get it it's the theme it's the theme that uprising was rough uh did not it was not a cakewalk for anyone involved uh on the on the uprising side so i yeah i don't know um i I do want to put more time into it because i think i think there was room there and i think i could come back around on it but we'll see we'll see um (coughs) is that Patrick, do you have anything that you want to shout out before we, we, there's nothing. I almost, I think, I, I think a teen tried to scam me at my front door. Oh no. What? Just what? a moment ago. What? Yeah. Yeah. You left for like a few minutes there. Oh man. We were addressing your, your break point question. Well, it's, then... unco- it's, it's uncommon to, uh, get a, a doorbell knock during the day because it's the middle of the week. Most people are, most people don't work from home. Um, 
So then I wonder, like, oh, maybe it's, you know, like a gas service. I don't know. Maybe it's, if they're knocking, maybe I should go check. It's some kid, and I'm thinking, oh, maybe it's a neighborhood kid selling, you know. Candy bars. Whatever, whatever, whatever like, all right, here's five bucks, here's ten bucks, whatever. And it's a teen, not a teen from my neighborhood. And they've immediately got, like, the, these plastic sheets that have magazine Wait, covers on them. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was worried a teen had showed up with, like, yeah. a room-sized thing of plastic yeah. sheeting. Well, I was a little worried. God, you're going to put this you, on your house? You lock that door. Yeah. Welcome to the kill room. Uh, and, um, so, like, I, my dog, I'm sure you heard my dog yapping, but my dog's yapping. The girl's trying to explain the pitch. Something about, like, she raises enough money, she can then, like, go on a trip. And I was like, cool, whatever, like, can I just... How do I just write you a check for $20 and just be aggressively generous, but I'm not interested in whatever this is? He's explaining to me all these different ways I can buy a, a magazine or, like, I can donate a magazine. And then I'm getting very confused and I'm feeling like this does not, like, it's not past, like, it's not part of a high school. Ubisoft coming like to I, your door. I, I look at, the, I'm looking at, like, the pamphlets she's got and they look very scammy. Um, and, but I, there's no, like, website. And I was like, well, can, uh, I was like, I don't want any of these magazines, um, but my wife might want one. I was like, could you like loop back around? Like, what are the options here? Uh, and she's like, can't come back. I'm only allowed to go to each door once. I was like, what is that? What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, what? Wow. what? And I was like, uh, and then she, like you, she was like, you can donate to a local VA, uh, like a magazine subscription. And I was like, okay. Um, uh, and then I noticed it was like, She's like, oh, one of your neighbors gave me $20 towards one of those. Clearly one of my neighbors, like a lot of elderly people in our neighborhood, was just like very confused and said, can you just take $20 yeah. and go away? Yeah. And I was like, that's my escape here. I was like, rather, I was like, I feel like I'm being scammed, but I'm like, I'd rather just assume this is something weird I don't understand. Give someone $20 and like, you know, at life. the worst case scenario, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I'm out, I'm out 20 bucks and was trying to be nice. Right. And so... I go, I was like, I looked at my wallet, only had like three bucks. I was like, I can't do that. Uh, I was like, I'm going to go get my checkbook and I'm going to write a check for 20 bucks and just move on with my life. And I'm like, can you take this check? She's like, we can't do checks. And I was like, uh, um, <laughs> I was like, well, can you, uh, the only option here is for you to come back. And she's like, I can't come back. And I was like, she's like, or you could write a check for like $60. And I'm like, what? No, we're, we're, no. We are, hold on. No. No, 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 no. Excuse me. No. Yeah. Get me! I was Failed like, I'm, I'm out. Yeah, <laughs> like, no. You're like, ah, oh, no, I'm good. And I, <laughs> I didn't have a good out from this point. I was mostly just like, I kind of just stammered and was just like, yeah, I don't. I gotta. Get I don't it. think this is gonna work. <laughs> and like, just like, kind of shut the door, <laughs> like locked it, and like, the girl seemed really nice. Like, yeah. her pitch was like, it was, it was weird. That's funny. You it should was, Google this after and see if this is a thing. Yeah, I'm so I didn't curious. take close enough notes to uh, what it what, what it was, but one I, of the yeah, it, scammiest things I fell for it. We had someone going around our neighborhood, and it was kind of a warm day, whatever. But she was going around, and she was selling. Energy, like oh yeah, this is oh, a classic. The utility, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, this yeah. is. I, we get these people all the time. Oh, so Massachusetts has eliminated like the outright scammers, but they still let. 
energy companies become your supplier for your house or whatever. Yeah. And they hit you with like really good promotional rates. But then the back end is, of course, they start charging you above what the local utility would for just a regular kilowatt hour. And, uh, you know, you, you forget to change it and you end up overpaying for electricity. So woman makes her pitch starts to. And my partner's like, yeah, not really. Uh, it doesn't, you know, we're, we're happy with our electricity. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I totally understand. Hey, uh, it's really warm out here. I've been drinking a lot of water. Can I use your bathroom? Oh, my God. And so it's like, uh, sure, yeah, fine. Cool, come on in. And so she does. And then while she's in the house... Just oh, starts like the sales pitch. Yeah. Oh and like God. it's the dynamic is totally different. And now like there is some weird. First of all, I'm like, I don't know this. Like I had not yet Googled like this scam. I, no, and so I, I, I fell into this too. We're like, yeah. I told they gave me the pamphlets. Like oh. I told, like, you know, I'm curious. Did the Googling and it was just like big red, big red signs are like, no, no. Yeah. Actually, you should call your local police because they're not supposed to be soliciting you right now. Yeah. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, damn, like, I don't know. This this open pit mine that could fuel my house uh, seems <laughs> like it's really cheaper than what I'm paying. I don't know. Maybe there's something to this. And like uh, my partner and this woman like are now kind of. Like not not friends, but there's a weird now bond. Uh, where, they poured a glass of wine. <laughs> yeah, and so like we end up signing up for this, and oh, like no. it was oh no, wow. oh yeah, dude, we totally signed wow. up for it. Oh my god! And well, so funny code of this, but we'll get to that. We totally signed up for it, and electricity bills went down for a couple sure. months, and then of yeah. course they yeah. started to go up. Ah, and then we moved. Oh, no. And it all transferred over to our old roommates, oh, no. and uh, it became not our problem. Like I hope oh. when the account was transferred, Rob. Uh, Rob. I hope when the account was transferred that they, they went back to the standard like EverSource electricity. There is a small chance, small infinitesimal, mm. mm-hmm. that you they haven't are, followed up on this. No. Uh, <laughs> Wow. Lost a little bit of touch. Um, <laughs> just in le- like Maybe slightly gave less concerned. Maybe address where you were going. <laughs> Rob. Yeah, so. <laughs> Rob. The bills I saw were <laughs> slightly annoying, but it wasn't outrageous. It was a small, it was sure. a rounding error. Rounding error. This reminds so I think me. I'm good. I just got a $560 bill from Con Ed yesterday uh-huh. for my electricity. And I realize I saw Chris Person doing that. Yeah, I I realize now that I need to call them and yell at them for uh, for I don't I have a two bedroom apartment. I don't know how I got a five hundred dollar. Chris Person had went through this on Twitter. Yeah, apparently the meter there are too many meters in New York to actually like accurately read every month. Okay, so what what Con Ed starts doing is guesstimating your energy. Did you call them Con Ed? That's their name. That's their name. Consolidated Edison. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Um, Putting the con in there. Distinct from ComEd, Commonwealth Edison, Mm. which is a different company, but also an energy company. Anyway, point is, um, and also distinct from Nipsco, of course. Of course. uh, You know, (laughs) shout shout outs to Nipsco. (laughs) Are they still around? (laughs) Nipsco, real one. Rob. Rob Bell. (laughs) Tell me. We're already on a... 
Right, we're down so many rabbit holes. Don't make us. All right. Point anymore. is though, <laughs> the point is. So apparently in New York, this is a this is a thing where like they eventually get around to checking your meter. Yeah. And they're like, oh damn, like we had you paying too little for the last six months. Yeah. Oh, so Jesus. now we need you to settle up your count today. Oh. What I figured this, that out. I think it can be terrible. fun. Yeah, I figured that out early on when I saw a jump that was not quite agree- as egregious and they were like, oh, on my bill it says this is an estimated reading. And I was like, no motherfuckers, I'm good with my electricity. I went down, I took a picture of it and sent it to them and they fixed it. Hell yeah. So I, like, I don't know where to go for my yeah. thing. Call your super. Or yeah, your yeah, I already to told like, her that yeah. and she's like, what, are you using more electricity? And I was like, <laughs> No, I'm not using $500, $500? of electricity Jesus. in my two-bedroom apartment. Did you just try to electricity shame me? <laughs> yeah, I literally it. asked her, are you, a, are you a this? gamer? Are yeah. you okay. Okay. How many consoles are plugged in so, right now? I'm sorry, what... Do you what resolution do you need to run these games at? I just <laughs> you know how much yeah. especially given my setup. It's all the Bitcoin. Which you know how that's uh, that's the real yeah problem. that switch just a beast. Me, my my <laughs> switch on my my stomach that I'm holding. God. My animals keeping me warm. What? Don't trust these companies. I don't. don't. I guess I have scam- to call them this and scream the thing, at them today. Is like you can't trust the scammers. You can't you can't trust the legit. Energy companies. <laughs> you can't trust the scammers, man. What can you? Who can you who trust? Who can you trust? Who can you trust? My dog. Trust your dog. I can't trust uh, him. He poops Drake? all over the floor. No. <laughs> yeah, good call. You can't, can't trust. You can't. can't trust anyone. Uh, do we? Is that? Is this where we're at? We're here. Is this where? We're, how we're gonna get here? Are we gonna talk about fucking electricity bills. You want to hear about electricity bills? You know I'm sorry, I'm probably like, you know. I get it. <laughs> I can't control the teens in my neighborhood. I didn't mean to get us here, but, but here you know, we are. I once had to move the, because of the door. Knock, bill. knock. You had to move? Yeah. Why? Uh, long story short, my landlord said they were play, paying for uh, electricity while they finished the other apartments because they were flipping the whole building, but. They flipped our apartment first, kept working. They were like, we're paying for electricity. Uh, Two years later, found out uh, they stopped paying for electricity and someone was uh, owed someone money and it wasn't going to be us. So we left. God, two geez. years of back Why pay. Why is New York like no this? No, this was, this was in Baltimore. So. Why is Baltimore like this? <laughs> Good question. Speaking of why are things like this? Ah, there we go. Thank you. You found it. Rob Zachney finds the segue. Hooray. Uh, One more topic this week. Two more topics in a sense. I'm going to umbrella this topic. Um, There are some changes coming to Vice Games. Uh, Some bigger than others. Uh, Danielle and I are changing our roles in life. Yes. uh, In different ways. Yes. Uh, This... I will say this. I don't have Vice email right now because <laughs> I am now a freelancer slash contractor. Yes. Uh, let me say something really quick up front. You will continue to hear my voice twice a week on Waypoint Radio. Uh, but I am turning in my digital badge and gun. 
for my Vice Digital Badge and Gun. Uh, my my hashtag one Vice Badge. The and one gun. with all the upgrades. The one with all the upgrades. <laughs> all the, I upgraded it so many times. It was all the blue parts. I was forced to upgrade it when uh, it turns out it, maybe it should have been more upgraded to begin with multiple times. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, I am going to be spending some time as uh, a person figuring out what what they want to do for the rest of their fucking life. Um, I am no longer going to be whatever my title is currently, which is... I what guess, is it, actually? It is... I used to know this. Not senior editor. Deputy? Deputy editor, okay. games and tech was my title as of yesterday, as of 24 hours ago. Mm-hmm. Going forward, I will be cast and crew Austin Walker, uh, <laughs> co-host of Waypoint Radio. Um, uh, I'll still be here twice a week doing this, uh, but for the rest of my time, I'm going to be doing other things. I'm going to be focusing on Friends at the Table. Uh, you can find out more about that, friendsatthetable.net, friendsatthetable.cash to support us on Patreon, friendsatthetable.shop to buy cool <laughs> shit. Uh, let me do that plug. Let me drop that plug. I'm a guest now. I can do that. Um, uh, I'm going to be, host. I have some other incredible um, uh, opportunities that I'll be talking about. I'm leaving, like, this is still my games media home. Um, you know, yes. I'm, I'm, this is still where I'm, I'm going to be talking about games. I'm not looking for another games media job. I'm not like, if only Polygon would call me back. That is not what this is. <laughs> this is me wanting to, you know, write a book, figure out if I want to do some stuff in comics, you know, if, figure out if I want to do other podcasts that have nothing to do with games and places that are not here because, because you know, we, we did a bunch of stuff here already. Um, it is a big, weird change. Uh, and it is like, it is super weird for me. So I have to imagine for listeners, it might also be a little weird. Um, but week to week, I will still be here. I'm excited to continue being part of Waypoint Radio, this thing that we've all built together. Danielle. Yeah. You have been here for, I sent you the offer. October man- 6th, mm-hmm. 2016. 2016. I started here in this building on October 24th, a 2016. Week, a week to the day before we did our big launch stream. Yes. Yes, indeed. And now you also will be moving on, but in a bigger way because I, you were leaving yes. Vice altogether. I, I am taking my little boots, my little <laughs> jujitsu boots. I don't know. Sure. We don't really wear boots. These, these jujitsu boots are made for walking. These jujitsu boots are made for, for a walk-in. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not going to say where yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I have been cleared. I could say where, but okay. I, I'm going to leave it to be a, a little bit closer to the time where I will be starting at the where. Sure. Uh, I am not, <laughs> not not the not, not at the end of a three hour podcast. Not at the end of a three hour podcast. <laughs> for an announcement. It ain't the time. It ain't the, you know. It ain't the time for that. I think that. that's a fair. That is a fair and and very valid. Uh, 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 yeah. Yeah. Right, a valid notion. Uh, I am not leaving games media. That is that is the the big news here. I uh, uh, for a very long time I considered it, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I I got an offer somewhere that is fucking awesome, and I'm very excited about Hell it. Yeah. And so you will hear my voice on podcasts. You will see my face on videos. You will read my words on whatever screen you read words on. Yeah. Uh, about video games and actually about MMA and about movies and about other cool shit. Hell yeah. Uh, so you I'm not leaving the internet, but I am leaving Vice. Danielle I, has been. Uh, so good to work with you oh, in the last my God. few years. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, we could not have launched Waypoint without you. Uh, Thank you. I don't like the like we were in the trenches together style of. It kind fucking, of felt like that sometimes. But we put in some fucking long nights. <laughs> yeah. we, we absolutely burnt the midnight oil yeah. as editors, uh, as people trying to figure out what this was. It has been a joy working with Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. 
Thank for, you. For uh, all the hard work over the years. You're going to make me cry. Do my best. <laughs> Auntie's going to cry. Oh, please. Oh. You're going to make me oh, cry. Is that, the defensive shield, is that the defensive shield you put <laughs> yeah. up? Like, wow. Emotions come Fucking to the surface. We're learning a, we're learning a lot about Danielle self. right yeah. now. And how you know Retroactively now, every time that you were Auntie, were you trying to protect yourself from crying? <laughs> my soft underbelly. Yeah. Uh-huh. I put on the hard Rhode Island Is that the show. Rhode Island way? <laughs> it is. Yeah, wow. It's just like, ah, it's time for some tough love <laughs> you know we're all lobsters God. sorry about your mom kid <laughs> sorry about your mom God. look your grandma she had a great life can't deny yeah, it that's it can't de- she lived a piece of your grandma, she died as she lived but I'm different it's the truth hey it, it, it has been uh, a time and a half I uh I there was another kind of stealth restructure here, and I just figured it was it was time. Yeah, my time has come. My watch has ended. Waypoint was probably has been probably the most excited I've ever been for a job in my entire life, and that includes many kinds of jobs: jobs <laughs> on ambulances, <laughs> jobs teaching, jobs in offices, jobs in the nonprofit world, jobs yeah. in the media world. I don't think I've ever been more excited by my work. I, I don't think I've ever been more excited by what we built here and proud of what we built and proud of what we were able to do despite things yeah. never <laughs> quite lining up the Tech way you think they're going to line up. And budget changes yeah. <laughs> and a different personnel and, yeah. you know, a freelancer who should have just brought a fucking tripod. Why didn't you know, that guy, Patrick, why didn't he bring, bring a tripod? I, that was 10 hours of editing. That was 10 hours Something of editing. Something like that. Something ridiculous. Our whole schedule that week got ruined. That was a lot. Um, <laughs> Throw that guy. I, I should know. So like, let's just, yeah, seriously. I, you know, I, I, I heard Fine. he was a great videographer otherwise. Um, I just really quick want to cut some things off at the pass because I want to like just, this is a big, these are big changes in, in real ways. I don't want to underplay them. Yeah. Um, but I do want to say that I have so much faith in the team that's here to continue carrying on the Waypoint mission. Um, you know, Kato here in Brooklyn, along with the great motherboard team, Patrick and Rob from afar, like your hands are on the rudders. Um, I trust all of y'all so much because there isn't, this was never a tyranny. This was never like Austin makes all of the decisions. The only reason Waypoint was ever good was because I was able to delegate things so well to people when I needed uh, to to be in a bit being in a meeting about a bad idea to convince people don't do that bad idea <laughs> or a good one to be like, hey, can we please do this good idea like Save Point? And then Save Point yes. starts happening. Um, I you know have been so overjoyed to build this thing with y'all and to take this weird shot to build a site that is so distinct and different whatever the fuck other people want to call it it will always be waypoint in my heart goddamn right my fucking title on reset era says editor-in-chief waypoint i'll probably have them change editor-in-chief but it'll still say waypoint goddamn it yep (laughs) um and and yeah so like i guess are, are there questions about what this means for the site i Forms, going to continue being the Waypoint forms. Uh, Discord, going to continue being the Discord. The community team, the moderation team, has been incredible, and they have built a community that, in my mind, stands alone and stands apart and stands on its own fucking two feet, uh, separate from whatever Vice ever says about it. So, like, I have nothing but faith that that community will continue because it is made of the people who make it, not not Austin Walker or Daniel Riendo or even Waypoint at this point as its own thing. So I have no fears about that going anywhere. Um, 
I don't think this is going to change the tenor of content that gets put out. The, the folks who, who you know, are here that we work with on a day-to-day basis not only understand the mission but are like head over heels for the mission of what we do. Um, so I don't and I don't anticipate like suddenly the waypoint's going to stop writing about labor, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, Motherboard is fucking awesome. Yes, and absolutely. And folks who are running things over there have – you know, because they've been on the podcast, so you've right. heard their voices. You you know how awesome they are. You know how how much they care, how totally. thoughtful they are, how much they are not going to just throw uh, you know throw things away. Totally, so, yeah. Um, I don't think there's no news about any personnel changes coming up. Like this is not me stepping back so a new hire can come in and take over this role. Um, maybe that someone decides that in three months. Maybe that's someone internal. Maybe that's someone external. I I couldn't know. I don't work here like that anymore. (laughs) Um, Uh, You know, I I would say, you know, like that's unlikely. I think a lot of what we're thinking about, you know, who knows what things are like a year from now. A lot of this is, uh, you know, Rob and I kind of taking the the steer of the ship and splitting up some of those duties of things um, that Austin's been up to. But, you know, if we consider this moment to be sort of like, like a sunsetting of like a certain era of of Waypoint. I think a lot of, you know, the, the the mantra that the name keeps on in things like Waypoint Radio. And then like from here, it's like Rob and I figuring out, you know, the more important thing about Waypoint was always like the ideals and the values yeah. that it tried to instill less than the brand that was associated with it. And so for Rob and I, especially with, you know, a smaller staff um, and just trying to figure out like where we fit in is like, well, what? Is, how do you, transfer the ideals of Waypoint into sort of like this next era. And like that will still, you know, include, uh, you know, just you, everyone should just start telling Austin he should write this review of Call of Duty. We've been doing this privately. Like we were trying to get him wow, to publicly. There it is. There it is. I don't like this new editorial strategy. This is an elder statesman. It's just an advisory role. I'm still in the slack. Jason asked me to stay in the slack still and check slack. in every now and then if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Optionally, not. Mm-hmm. There's no pressure. I'm going to, as an advisor, I'm going to say bad, bad editorial strategy. <laughs> um, actually, on this note, I do want uh, to all the yeah, same. Go ahead. You finish. Yeah, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Well, I was just say, you know, Austin's voice is still going to be yes. here where, uh, uh, you know, I will, I, impossible not to note that um, uh, they, we're going to want to bring in this new voices to the podcast. This is the thing I wanted to A hundred percent. Yeah, well then, yeah, well, like I'll set this yeah. up and then um, punt it over to you. But like we are uh, more than aware of, you know, sort of like how in a certain way this can look. Uh, we are keeping that in mind. We, the ideals of Waypoint are a diverse amount of voices, both on its like paid editorial staff and people that we have in freelancers. And as part of like, especially this moment in time, yeah. you know, like we are well aware of that and, um, you know, we're going to be doubling down on bringing in new people to sort of help balance that out going forward. Uh, yeah, I, I will say that, like, in no uncertain terms, I've been frustrated um, by the fact that we started by running a site that was filled with really, really diverse voices. We added to that over time with the addition of folks like Natalie mm-hmm. um, uh, and to be in the reality of the media world where when you lose people, you don't always get to rehire people. It sucks. And like that is not even a drag just on Vice specifically. That is we live in a world where budgets get cut and where you lose headcount and then you don't get it back uh, in a in a quick period Money of time. gets shuffled to other places yeah. in ways that you don't uh, under, and <laughs> understand. People get shuffled. People get, or people get shuffled, <laughs> right? Danielle, times. like you have changed <laughs> roles multiple times since <laughs> being with us yeah. or since not being with us anymore at the beginning of the year. 
Um, and it is super – that has been frustrating in the sense that like media is this unpredictable place where even if like us, your goals are about having more diverse voices, having you know less cis, you know, straight white dudes on – no offense, Patrick uh, – <laughs> on, on a podcast um, and bringing in broader, you know, more diverse voices – it is not always up to you to make that happen. But what I will say is, again, I'm hyper confident that those are still – that is still the ethos at the heart of, of Waypoint and that everyone still involved knows that that is a thing that we want to fix. And we have taken steps. I would just want to say briefly, maybe I'm going man, off script man, at this the point. Stories, the stories we could yeah, tell. Yeah, about, <laughs> about mean, maybe both we'll, like, retaining talent and also bringing new talent on. Mm-hmm. Please know we have made efforts – and there have been roadblocks that are not one person being like twirling a mustache and being like, no, we have to make no. it a less diverse podcast. <laughs> like that would be it, that. Would, that's a much simpler <laughs> totally, story to honestly, tell. Like, yeah. the, more, the more frustrating one is being caught in corporate. <laughs> it's like, it, is, it is so frustrating because it's like the people who I have reported to over the last year, my bosses have almost always been women and often queer women <laughs> in ahead of you know yep. ab- above me in the in the hierarchy. Uh, it turns out. That it is not. It turns out it is not enough to simply replace the pieces in a hierarchy with more diverse pieces. A hierarchy and a media budget remains that thing. It has been frustrating to not be able to pull certain levers to to kind of bring in new talent. But it is something that I think everyone still cares deeply about um, and wants to continue emphasizing. Um, which is to say, like, if we do get headcount, I'm going to be mad at you guys if you give it to someone who's just like the same voices that we've been have been on this podcast for the last few years, you know? Um, or I guess... No, we'll we get could, someone from, like, the center of Chicago. Okay. <laughs> Good. Great. Great. Perfect. Awesome. Fanta- fantastic. Love it. What's a... Uh, cover can we cover get, the entire Can we get region. Mitch Trubisky on, uh, you know, while, while we're covering? You know, he might be out of a job <laughs> in, you know, a couple of months, so... Wow. Um, Bears. Uh, and it's wow. the kind of thing where, like, especially um, with, like, the podcast going forward, like, if... You know, if you guys want to hit us up, you know, there are we want to one of the things going forward, especially with like the pod is like getting a lot more guests yeah. involved. Um, you know, Austin's going to continue to be part of the podcast, but and I'm sure Danielle will continue to be a guest, Absolutely. you know, every once in a while. But like that's I'm still in not New York. Doing nearly as yeah. regular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we'll, we'll rope you in and, you know, there'll be, there'll be things that happen. But, you know, if there's people you wanted to hear on the podcast, like reach out like that's we're going to be increasing that a lot as we go forward. And so, um Certainly input from the community of people you've wanted to hear banter around with us. Um, you know, definitely hit us up about yeah. that. Yeah. Also, just want to say briefly in terms of like, well, what's this mean for the health of the site? Or like, is this a reflection of where Waypoint is at? Like, we were having our best traffic year ever this year. Um, it turns out like the one vice experiment in terms of like day-to-day traffic, day-to-day exposure to a bigger audience – that did pay off in terms of just getting our stuff in front of more people. Um, uh, this is a, we're at a moment where this company is investing in podcasting. They are above us somewhere building a new podcast studio as yeah. we speak in lobby one. In right? lo- in lobby one. Yeah, <laughs> the irony. Pretty sure the yeah. fucking irony. <laughs> Pretty sure it's in lobby um, this one. This is th- like there. Are, we feel supported, or you know, this team. As I leave, it, I look at it and think that it's supported by people who value uh, us and and know that we're doing good things. Right? They, I could have gone to them and been like, "Hey, I want to go off and do some side projects, <clears throat> uh, but I'd love to stay on the podcast." And they could have been like, "No." 
we're going to get your fucking paycheck back, all of it. We're not going to let you still have benefits. Yeah. We're going to, you know what? This is a good opportunity for us to cut ties with video games. And instead they were like, oh, cool. We're so happy that you're going to stay on the podcast. Your team is fantastic. You know, this is this is absolutely not a situation where it's like, and that means Waypoint is is on the outs or something like that. I I, I want to add one thing. Yes. Uh, this, is, this is less just Waypoint specific and more... Uh, about you know, media is tough. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a hard industry right now. I will I will say this that the Vice Union, follow them on Twitter, mm-hmm. has made some of the darkest days uh, possible to get through here at this company. And uh, please follow them, respect them. I'm so glad that y'all are in the union here, mm-hmm. and that y'all are going to stay in the union here. And to uh, yeah. Hang out with those folks. Carry your torch, your union Carry, rep torch. Please do. Please do. Because that was, uh, one of the most fulfilling things about being here was being a union rep and uh, doing that work and doing doing the, both the mundane work of the, the sort of uh, monthly labor management meetings and also the, uh, the uh, negotiating of a contract Yeah, all that kind of stuff. You were here so for please, those Please carry days. that torch. Please carry that for me. Shout in us. my name, in my honor. I'll send my very the Daniel very Riendo small Memorial Union torch. <laughs> uh, um, it's like a, running a race. Yeah. There's a lot of memorial races. Well, Danielle, I'm really excited to hear where where you go. I know where you're going. You know, I'm really excited for <laughs> you, you to know announce in is. the future. Yeah. Uh, for me, if people want to follow what I do, as always, you can find me. Follow me on Twitter at uh, Austin underscore Walker. Uh, again, this will mean for me way more friends at the table. Focus. We finished five years of that show this year. Nice. A month Congrats. ago, we finished doing our big fantasy campaign. Mm-hmm. We have a new campaign starting up very soon. There's a bunch of points to jump onto it. Follow friends underscore table on Twitter. To find out more about that. I will have an announcement later today uh, about a cool project I'm doing. Right yeah. when this comes out. When this yeah when this comes oh, out that's not awesome. later today when we're recording. Right <laughs> tomorrow when we're recording. But. Yeah yeah. yeah. But today about a cool project that I'm, I'm going to be part of. I'm super excited about that. It's going to be one of a couple of different things that I'm hoping to, to get my hands into. If you're listening and you're like, Austin, I would love to work with you on a thing, feel free to DM me about it. You know, my uh, I have lots of time commitments already still. And my goal – here's like maybe the realest shit about this. <laughs> the reason I'm stepping back is because I am burnt the fuck out mm-hmm. uh, and have put a lot of time into this. And yes, I want to go work on other creative projects. Yes, I want to go like write a book and and focus on Friends at the Table and blah, blah, blah. But also I want to practice what I preach and I have said a lot uh, about work-life balance uh, on this podcast. I have spoken a lot about not uh, letting your work life or your career goals define who you are uh, in an unhealthy way. Um, I'm very proud of my career goals and what we've built here and I'm not like – I don't regret a single day. Um, maybe a couple of days, <laughs> uh, but they're offset by days that I really think we did yeah. good work. Yes. Um, and, uh, I have not taken a lot of my own advice when it comes to work-life balance and keeping like being a good person in terms of my relationships and my friends and my family. I have not been able to give, to prioritize the things that I really care about. Um, because I, because I really care about a bunch of things. Like I, I'm not saying that this should have been a lower priority. Like I, I, Built something I was really happy about building here, um, but in but there was a cost to that, and I did my best to be conscientious and to be upfront with people and be like, "Listen, I am not. I am hard to reach right now because my job <laughs> is taking up time. I did my best not to overpromise myself and you know not do the things that I've seen other people who become workaholics do, where they think they can 
manage that and also give all of themselves to relationships and blah, blah, blah. And like, I've been very upfront about that stuff, but it is time for me to take some, a step back and like become, get my brain in a, in a healthier place, get my, my lifestyle in a healthier place. Just be like more in control of the day to day and feel like this train can, can hit the brakes a little bit and take a little bit of a, of a breather. Um, so while I am open to doing some stuff, you know, hit me up if it's a really, really, really cool thing. But also, uh, you know, I'm, I am going to genuinely try not to fill every waking hour of my day with work, which is going to be hard because of, of how I've trained myself. Yes. <laughs> it's going to be a struggle. So if you see me working too hard, please ask me politely to take Wrap it. Wrap upon your knuckles. <laughs> yeah, please. Oh, hey. Gently. Hey. Hey. Hey, hey there. Hey. So. Go to bed. <laughs> hey, go to bed. It's 4 a.m. Why are you, Why are you awake still? Well, I'm also oh, awake, but you change. No, in fact, it'll probably go the other way. It'll probably go the other way where I'm up later even now, but we'll see. <laughs> You're like, I don't oh, have yeah. to be up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't got to be up at this. Uh, you know, I'll still be on this schedule. I'll still be here for, for the podcast yeah, you recordings. Gotta, you got to be here on time for Absolutely. these. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm, I'm like going to be in this office still twice a week, which is which is exciting. Yeah. Um, so... It's been weird because I like say goodbye to people or people are like, oh, I heard you're leaving. I'm like, I'll see you all Monday. Yeah. yeah. Chill. Hopefully my fucking email will be active by then. <laughs> we'll see. Um, all right. It does still feel like the end of a, of a chapter. So uh, thank you all so much for, for sticking with us all this time. Thank you again to the incredible mod team on the forums, on our Discord, on our Twitch. Um, thank you to everyone who has supported uh, me in this position over the years. Um, uh, thank you to Danielle again and good luck with thank everything you. you're doing next. Thank you, Patrick and Rob, for taking a chance on this website with me uh, and on supporting me through this decision and supporting me through some previous decisions that were tough. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm glad, so glad to call you all friends and to, uh, you know, have have your support. Kato, thank you for coming into a role uh, really at the drop of a hat and excelling in a way that I think no one could have imagined. Um, you came in as our like social person yeah. and have completely uh, changed the way that we do so many things, including promote the podcast, including get stuff up on, on YouTube. Um, you've been such a great voice on the podcast. And, I, you know, we were bringing in someone who could tweet. And you <laughs> turned out to be so much more than that. So thank you so much Aww, thanks. Uh, for that. Thank you uh, in retrospect to Natalie, uh, to Danica, to Mike Diver. Um, thank Joel. you to Joel, to Eunice. Uh, thank yes, you Eunice. Uh, to everyone who's helped us from another part of this Dylan. company. To, to Dylan, uh, for sure. <laughs> that was not like, fuck Dylan. That was just like, yeah, Dylan. Like, yeah, I just think of all the to happy Ethan, memories so many with people. Dylan, there were so many people you know? here who helped. I've said, I, you know what? Here's Danny. what I said at the end of the original Waypoint launch stream was, yeah. you know, we are in front of microphones. We are in front of cameras. You see us, um, but you don't see the people behind the scenes who have made my tenure here as EIC uh, function and manageable. You've not seen all the times I've gone into my boss's office being like, I have to get this thing to work or why the fuck is this thing on my website? Get this off my website. Yep. Uh, or, or, hey, I, I know that I, you told me the travel budget, but if you just give me another $3,000 for the travel budget, then we can do a Kingdom Hearts lore reasons live or whatever. Yeah. Um, I, and, and many conversations with our friends in the accounts payable department, for met, example. Many, many of those. Uh, and shout outs finally to the great team at Motherboard. So many people there who welcomed us with open arms and we got closer to merging with them this year. Uh, uh, all across that that team are incredible people who are doing incredible work and who I trust to continue working with with Robin, Patrick, and Kato uh, as we move forward. So shout outs, Jason Emanuel, 
uh, Jordan, everybody there, Sam Cole, like the, that team is huge. So I can't name everybody, but <laughs> everyone there, Matt Galt, uh, incredible people. All right. I'm going to close this one, but I'll be back on Monday <laughs> to talk more about video games. Danielle. Yeah. What do we say to them? We say be good and be good at it. And thank you. Waypoint. Peace. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Top to bottom, Mega Man uh, 2, best sound, best, one of the best soundtracks in the Oh, yeah, NES it's not, not, not talked about enough. No. Like, there Look, was a- I love Koji Kondo. <laughs> you know I love you. But! 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 In 1988. I don't know the composer. I, don't, I couldn't <laughs> tell you the composer of Mega Man, though, unfortunately. Might have been uh, 89. That's a problem. Who, who yeah, who, uh, Takeshi uh, Nope, that's wrong. Take- <laughs> Takashi Ta- Tataishi uh, is who composed it uh, and did an incredible job. Um, <laughs> Credited oh, better, as o- yeah. Ogoretsu Kun. Ogoretsu Kun. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> love it. 1988. You I'm know. so happy. Classic, classic coon move. Yeah, what did he? Thank you so much. What else have they done? Right? UN Squadron, um, Tokimeki Memorial, the dating series. Sure. Mega Man 10, like nothing. Mega Man 10? Yeah, I think uncredited in game, but it's credited on the soundtrack. That's right. I did, I did know, I did know she was a woman. I forgot about that. That's one of the like more unique parts of, uh, or this says this is saying he him. There's another. There's like a lot of incredible women who do work for Capcom music. Oh yeah. Um, we just had that piece. The oh, uh, Memoria, the, piece. sorry. Mega Man. Mega Man One's composer is a woman. Mm, Mega Man Two's okay. composer and Mega Man's One composer work, yeah. like did some of the work on. Uh, gotcha, gotcha. Two. Gotcha. Yeah, like nothing. Mega Man Two. Uh, uh like. There's some Weird. stuff here, but it's like 1943 look, look, Kai. Look, you, you read the, you read this yeah. line in this wiki. The soundtrack from Mega Two is composed by you know Takashi uh, Tatishi. No link. Doesn't got a fucking wiki page. Like 
What are we doing out here? You're just going God on damn. that. Mm-hmm. You're just going with it. What are we doing out here? Um, yeah, I sidearms. You and Squadron database. Willow, the arcade version of, of Willow. the Capcom game Willow, based on the 1980s. Based on the movie. I'm just saying. Listen, <laughs> I bet that soundtrack slaps. <laughs> Given Mega Man 2. I, yeah, maybe we honestly. need to hear it. Yeah, can you bring up uh, uh, the soundtrack to Willow the Arcade Game? <laughs> OS, OST. Does that supposed to be a good game? On the internet. I've never played the arcade game of Willow. I've heard it's Oh, good. It, looks like, um, it looks like it's like one of the Capcom D&D games where there's like shops in between oh, nice. levels. You know what I'm talking about? It's, the arcade. This is so... He. It sounds like this dude just like went behind the scenes, basically. Yeah, gotcha. Like did a couple of things, but then... Just uh, yeah, I. What Where's the hell? That? Where's that? That Willow. You got to make sure it's the arcade game and not the NES game. <laughs> it says arcade. Willow Arcade R- OST Stage One. There's a picture of a rat. <laughs> OST. I got you. I'm gonna link you. Yeah. Takashi is one of the sound team members who engaged in a sort of secret deal made possible by close workspace arrangements during a slump in Mega Man Two composition. Uh. Masuame, who composed That's the, who composed the first one, one. She, contributed okay. eight bars to Air Man stage theme because her workspace was next to Takashi's. <laughs> Takashi would later return the favor by composing the Forest Stronghold theme, a fan favorite for UN Squadron. That's very uh, funny. That's Yoshihiro Sakaguchi, who acted as their manager, was aware of these and other instances from other sound members. So is the idea, like, <laughs> what, they're just like, like jamming together and yeah. like that's funny that's great. don't worry our manager was was aware that we exchanged bars <laughs> there is an exchange you know, of bars there was an exchange of bars we're out of here we're out of here exchange of bars you know what you it know? is we in the streets play can you play this for me i want to hear stage one of willow this could be trash like i have no what idea what if it is you know what everyone has an off day everyone everybody has, an has off a day. willow day everyone, you know yeah it's all right stay i'd be curious like how can you recognize like with the equivalent of like writer's block in right. a compo- I mean I'm sure I I don't know how to you know I don't compose music so I don't I don't know but like clearly Matsume is like recognized this right. and was like yo bro here's eight bars for your airman stage is dope All right this is building to something It's all right are you playing it It's all right It's all right I wonder if it's I'm trying not- to crib from oh, you the want- actual soundtrack right you- Yeah that's true Can yes. you play UN Squadron. What, what, did they, what did you just say that he did on UN Squadron? Forest Stronghold. Uh, yeah. Forest Squad or Forest so Stronghold UN Squadron. It says a fan favorite. It's a fan favorite. Um, for fans of UN Squadron. <laughs> Forest Hondral. Sega Genesis 16. No, I don't want it the Sega. Or is this? I want the arcade version. I don't want to remix. Here we go. Okay. Here it is. Oh, oh yeah. This, yeah! Put this in chat, right? Put yeah. this in chat so they can you hear it. You guys need to hear this. This sounds like a Genesis song. It's, it's, it, it does. Like, ooh, those drums. That reverb. <laughs> oh. Yeah. This is like. Oh, yeah. This is like if Mega Man got in a plane. Yep. Ooh. <laughs> Hit that hi hat. Yeah. He had a rave yeah. <laughs> in that plane yeah. that he got into. God, I am. This is great. This makes me want to shoot down a plane oh, wow, much bigger chimes. than mine. Oh yeah, those times. <laughs> hey Rob, can you just like, plug that soundtrack? I was gonna say. Break point? <laughs> <laughs> Rob, I really want to hear. <laughs> uh, 
I want to hear this on Rob's sound system. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. yeah. Oh, that's what I Please. want to hear. Please blast it on the that's what giant I want. speaker. <laughs> I'm going to need you to buy a sub, though. I need to hear that subwoofer. I need to hear those, those drums. All right, we should do a podcast. <laughs> I'm warmed Wait, up now. We haven't been? Well, shit. <laughs> All we got to do is clap. That's this is, it. This we should do a clap. Gold material. <laughs> Let's do a clap. Uh, let's clap and then give me two seconds to finish reading this uh, union piece that okay. Daniel sent to me. Yeah, yeah. But we, we can clap first. Mm-hmm. Uh, y'all there? Yep. Yeah. Three seconds. Good clap. Clap. Solid. Happy day of Germany unity, says this website to us. <laughs> Good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Happy full monogamous day. Yeah. How do you say happy in German? Oh, okay. so word. it's for the 1990 reunification, not the proclamation of the German Empire in 1871. A different sort of slightly German reunification. Different. Slightly different. With slightly different slightly results. Different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh huh. Though we're still in the window where this could all go sideways. I'd this is, you know what? We're always in the window. Completely That's the thing, true. Rob, <laughs> about history. It doesn't stop. The window never closes. Despite what the <laughs> villains in Friends at the Table might suggest. Uh, also, the, the end of history thesis. Uh, oh, good. History continues. Does it if there are no humans? Yeah. yeah. Is that what this that thing is? Oh, no. The basically? end of history thesis is it, it was a position put forward um, by... A, a, oh, Fukuyama? Yeah, by Fukuyama, uh, who... Um, was so enamored with neoliberalism um, oh. and with oh. kind of Western forms of capitalist democracy uh, that he put forward in the early 90s, uh, the position that this was it. We'd figured out where all the roads lead to. The roads lead to Western capitalist democracy. And that eventually <laughs> okay. the rest of society – and that's it for history. That like eventually other other civilizations across the, the world would get to where we get – and there wouldn't be anything that destabilizes it. It's such a – and to, to this this mm. part of his, like, optimism uh, – I mean, he was wrong, is the first uh, and foremost. Yeah, but yes. the thing that he recognized was the stability of the system, the abil- its ability to resist revolution, its ability to resist, like – he wouldn't say it in these terms. Right. But, like, appropriate revolutionary uh, uh, impulse, incorporate – uh, critiques of itself in order to shut them down. Like it consistently resists being challenged by a, by another system that would take that would go past it. Uh, he, you know, in, in his mind, I guess there is no uh, socialism isn't coming for him. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. What he realized, <laughs> and and you know, he kind of has has since gone back and been like, oh fuck, I was wrong. <laughs> Okay, I'll give him credit for that. I guess he should have fucking been smart to begin with. I guess it's fair. That's fair. That was his premise. His premise was like, yeah, of course, events will still happen. Yeah, but in terms of the structure of society, this is it. This is it. Look around. What do we got? Homeless people. What do we got? Ah, Yeah, this is it. This is about as good as it gets. There might be some incremental changes over over time, but in terms of the structure of the nation state, yeah, that's what it is. Okay. The thesis was such a perfect encapsulation, though, of liberalism's failure to recognize that the status quo was the self. It yeah. was itself a the product of, of negotiated mm-hmm. tensions. Mm-hmm. Right, 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 right. Like, yes. like, like the entire, like the entire thing was predicated on. Well, the Soviet Union has broken up, and all of their assets are being thrown into the private sector. But the great ideological conflicts are past. Right. What 
he concluded was that then this moment where market liberalism was triumphant had actual inertia to stay in one place and that that moment would extend indefinitely and not that the lack of a countervailing force might cause that equilibrium to change. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think this was like the minute liberals in the American sense started arguing both sides Uh, and thinking uh. that their job was to defend that status quo rather than try to pull it in a direction. Uh, the minute they started believing that the center was like an actual place and an ideology, mm-hmm. uh, we were fucked. Yep. Uh, I, I should note that uh, I definitely um, part of the part of the problem with the contemporary criticism of this is a lot of folks who go – so for me, the, the issue that Rob just laid out is the right critique of this. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is another critique that happens where people go, he just didn't think about radical Islam. And it's like, all right. Oh, boy. <sighs> it sounds to me like he didn't think about a few things. Yeah. Well, but that was, that was already there though because yes. the, other, the other thing that would get passed around – so like really if you were in an IR class in like 2000, 2005, uh, you were – made to read two things. One was Fukuyama's End of History. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing was Sam Huntington's uh, Clash of Civilizations. Yeah. And so yeah. that was the other critique that was there. Like, there were people, even at the time, who were looking at Fukuyama and being like, no, there is still ideological tension in the world. It is cultural and civilizational tension. Yeah. And Not, which that, is to say, you will, you will theor- yes, maybe the structural form of society is this, but history will continue, and there could be another form that generates out of you know, radical Islam smashing against Western capital, Western what liberal are you, capitalism. What do you? What is hap- What happened when I was gone for this five minutes? <laughs> oh, we started. We start rapping. We start, you talking yeah. about Goose Game bars. I told yeah, you about bars. Yeah, it, was, bars it, about it all bars. started with the bars. I can't believe that the goose b- it believes that neoliberal capitalism is the end of history. Oh. 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 Well, see, if only we had a real UN squadron <laughs> that could have <laughs> taken care of business. Uh, um, too busy Raven to drop the bombs. That's it. You know, got to. I hope this comes after the previous segment where we listen to that song. Otherwise, people are going to be confused. Otherwise, it'll sound that, very yeah. weird. <laughs> it'll be weird. All right. Let's do a podcast. a podcast. I almost said a clap, but we did that clap already. It's somewhere in there. Okay. We got that clap. Um, all right. I'm, I'm flying without a safety net because I don't have notes. I have like the notes I just took, but that is it. Yeah. Look, you're flying that plane with no safety net. You shouldn't count on a safety net if you're in a plane. I feel like that's you're moving with a machine too big. You're right. Too fast. Unless the the safety net is somehow attached to the plane and wider than the plane. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like flying, but there's like a giant safety net underneath you. We should build this. This seems this like we should thing. build it. We did. It was called the FAA. And then we started <laughs> allowing the air, the aviation industry to self inspect. <laughs> All right. Ugh, honk. If you can look into the seeds of time and say which grain will grow and which will not, speak then to me. Okay, speaker. This is William Shakespeare. I guess actually not. Not Bill Nye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I bet Bill Nye's done Macbeth. Yeah. Right? Probably. I would believe it. Mm -hmm. Who who does he, is he Macbeth? No, that's the thing. That that line is from 
uh, Banquo. So I don't, I, yeah, you know. Always with the Bill Mahi is one hundred percent been one of the witches. A hundred percent. hundred percent. All right, we should do. Um. Yeah, we got to get rolling. We still got a lot. To we go. still have a lot to do. So let's do a time that is clap. Y'all ready? Forty-seven. Wait. Two oh, points. You, 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 I, you, your I thought audio you were, skipped. Your, uh, no, your audio skipped, and I didn't. He's hear skipping the, a bit for me too. Yeah. Great. So give me a new number. All right. Uh, three seconds. All right. Uh, I'm going to come in as if you finish saying question marks. Yep. Am I just responding? Do I need to look at, at at the... You want me to look at stuff? You don't need to see shit, Patrick. All right, <laughs> let's go. Uh, before we get into this, Patrick, how much do you know about comics, DC Comics, Batman, Batwoman? Vaguely, and I'm like well aware that like this is the part of the CW-verse. Like, this is a... People are very excited about this show because... Uh, is, is she both woman of color and she's... Uh, Gay or is it just that she's gay? I know that people just are very she's excited gay. she's gay. Okay, she's gay. all right. People are very excited that she's gay, and the actress seems the bat cool was as hell. a woman of color, but that's a totally different character, uh, also distinct from Batgirl. Uh, Wait, really? Was, like, are you are you fucking with me right now? No, the bat. So is like a there was there was Batman. There was the bat. Yeah. There's Batgirl, and then there was Batwoman. Oh. And at one point, the they were all sort of there doing stuff in Gotham. I don't know what became of the bat, uh, but she was like the daughter of like a notorious assassin. Was and that uh, Ca- Cassie? Uh, I can't remember her name. Uh, she was an Asian woman. Yes. Yes. I think that's Cassie. Okay. What, what became of her? I no clue. <laughs> I think she's still around, actually. The bat family is well. large and. <laughs> nope. We lost Patrick. Yeah, I don't, like we the bat well, the bat family has not been what it was in the late Brubaker era um, when it was really kind of an ensemble thing. Right. But uh, I don't know. They've they've made some strides. But anyway, um, yeah, the show looks all right. Okay. All, all right. right yeah, I think we fine. nailed. Yeah. It. I, I I know. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Ship it off. Put that in the put that in the notes. <laughs> <laughs> Watch it on CW Thursdays at six. How All close right. was that? What day is it actually? Uh, wait. <laughs> Dude, they do not put the premiere date oh, in the text. Wow. All right, let me. I'll find it. What an Holy ad! Fuck. <laughs> yeah, don't give them more than they paid for. <laughs> oh come on, we can. Uh, Catwoman starring Halle Berry premiered on July twenty third, two thousand four. Great. Let's put that. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> Great. <laughs> no, hold on. That's like the, I don't know. How is like Google not? Uh, oh, I put. I wrote Catwoman, not Batwoman. That makes more sense. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. October. You know she and uh, Batman like were engaged. Catwoman. Yeah. Yeah, that was like a big thing, like a storyline, yeah. like semi recently, right? It's the whole thing. Um, it's pretty good. October sixth, twenty nineteen. Uh, All right. The scripted lineup begins Sunday, October sixth, with Batwoman at eight p.m. But I don't know. Um, variety. You don't list the. Hey Patrick. Yes. Sundays on the CW. 
Brace I'm yourself, ready. superhero fan, because the bat signal is on, and you won't believe who's swooping in to heed the call. From the brilliant mind of Greg Berlanti and the executive producers of, super, of superhero smash hits Arrow, The Flash, Supergirl, and Legends of Tomorrow, comes the most anticipated new series to join the CW-verse. Batwoman. Everyone I mean, these shows the are great. People love these shows, Rob. Wait. People like really love these shows. Is Arrow about the Green Arrow? No. What? Yes. <laughs> yes. What? I thought it was a. Spoof. Is Arrow about the Green Arrow? What did I you thought, think it was, Kato? I thought it was a spoof. I thought it was like a wh- like like. A, are you thinking of the Green Hornet? What? No. The Green Lantern with Ryan Reynolds? No, 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 not like a, like, like, I thought it was like, it's one of those super, like, I, th- I thought it was an unrelated property. <laughs> I've never seen it. I just like, like Naked Gun, but superheroes. Yeah, well, not even, not even satirical, just like, this character is a, is like, you know. Oh, it's a, it's a character to a called Hawkeye. the Arrow. Yeah. All right. No, he's not like a send up though. Like, I mean, Arrow has episodes that are explicitly like inspired by Seven, uh, so it's not super lighthearted. It has a reputation as kind of being the grittier of the CW verse shows. It's also the first one, right? I think it was yeah. the first one. Yeah, uh, but that's the that thing that is like it, it's so flash. like it was the first one, and like so like I don't know, it, like it felt so far removed that I thought it was just like the Arrow's its own thing. It's not like Green Arrow from the DC comic, like. Okay. Okay, so I understand the confusion there. Uh, the reason it's called Arrow is because I think at the time they kind of realized people were not super invested in the Green Arrow, so right. they made it Arrow. But the first season, he's only known as the Hood because he's a vigilante, and it's kind of that year one type situation where nobody knows what the fuck is happening. It's right. also a better name. Like I, I mean, I get it. Green Arrow has a, a legacy, but like Arrow is just like from a, a branding standpoint, like it's a cool like. You're gonna get me fast. I see why they did it. Sure, yeah, it works yeah. out. It makes, it makes sense, but like I did not realize it was part of these these shows at all. <laughs> well, I'm glad. Well, Kato, God. get ready to meet your new new <laughs> hero, Kate Kane. She's a survivor, a fighter, and an all around badass who plays by her own rules. My kind of girl, just like me, really. And she's got the ink to <laughs> oh prove it, God. not like me. <laughs> oh Batwoman's story begins three years after off. the mysterious disappearance of Batwoman. <laughs> Sorry, Batman. <laughs> Batman. <laughs> Batwoman's gone. Keep it. Batman's bat. gone. <laughs> Batman laid an egg. Anyway, point is, Gotham Batmobile. City is in desperate need of a new kind of hero. <laughs> Lost its wheel. And the Joker laid an egg. Hey. hey. Oh, okay. <laughs> Rob, when's this show on? When can I watch it? I love the uh, CW-verse. I don't know. It's on Sundays. Uh, it premieres on Sunday at 8, 7 central on CW, or you can stream on Mondays on the free CW app. Patrick, do you know what day it premieres? October 6th. All right. Well, don't, don't miss that. I won't. I've watched a lot of the pilots to these shows, and then I just realized, oh, no. There's 100 episodes. No, they great. all have, like, great first two seasons. Um, I just think uh, Arrow had some interesting arcs in, in later seasons. But this show is pretty cool because it is uh, also based off of... It looks like it's taking a lot of its cues from the Greg, Ruc- Greg Rucka, J.H. Williams uh, Batwoman run, which... Um, Serves as kind of a reboot of the character, but also gets more into her motivation. Uh, basically, the 
just of, you know, if one of your issues, Batman was always that fundamentally he's kind of a rich asshole, just beating the shit out of people because, like, he yeah. can't handle feelings. Uh, <laughs> the thing with Batwoman is a little more that she feels a sense of, like, actual duty. She comes from, like, a military background. She was, uh, other than honorably discharged, for being gay. Uh, so it sort of touches on oh, wow. those. Yeah. Yeah, that's the that's the That's a good origin story for, like, a, like a character with a... Uh, a motivation for yeah, that's better. That's good. Yeah. Um, so the other thing that I recall about this character is at least in her first appearances, she's kind of like too rowdy for Batman. Uh, a little more of a got a little more of that like Robin swagger, I guess the way you'd put it, sure. where it's just where, where she's just kind of well, I guess to the point of this text doesn't play by the rules. And uh, we'll Wait. see how that comes through in this in this. We're probably less, less likely to pull a punch, yet, right? What? You haven't How? clapped? Yes, we did. Did you? Yes, no. dude. At Fifty-five. Did I miss it? Oh shit! Was I recording? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember if I was recording or not. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. If y'all clapped, I can fix it. I can get it. It's okay. Fine. We can clap again at the end, right? And you can work backwards. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Point is, so I think there's, like, genuinely, I'm going to be watching the show because I'm curious what they do with it. Also, Arrow is going off the air after this season. Uh, so I am going to be looking for something a little more in that noir comic vein uh, that CW worked with well with Arrow um, before Flash kind of took things in a, in a sunnier direction, I'd say. Big gorillas. Big sharks. That's the Flash, right? That's what I would always see those clips. Cool yeah, moments. the gorillas were bad news. I'm gonna be honest. I bet. Like at first it was like ha, 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 gorilla, but like dude, the gorillas were were pissed. <laughs> Way scarier than Congo. Anyway, October sixth, October sixth, eight seven central on the CW. Stream Mondays free on the CW app. All right, we'll clap. That was great. That was thirty two. Wait, where did the ad start? <laughs> oh, I wasn't... Okay, Ka- we have to do it again. Ka- <laughs> Kata was talking, so I... 42. You'll figure it out. You're an editor. <laughs> All right, we'll do, one, we'll do one for safety. We'll play it straight, so if oh, Kata but it, Okay, this, this is Kata a backup, can't. but Kata, you, need, yeah. you can find a way. I believe yeah. in you. We'll do a really short one that isn't tangential, but... Okay. Okay, yeah. I won't delete the other one. We'll see.